You are listening to a special episode of the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is an ongoing analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, we return to the MonsterVerse to take a look at the King of the Monsters facing off once again against the King of the Apes. It's 2021's Godzilla vs. Kong. Bond. James Bond. Hi there, everybody. Welcome once again to the Bondzilla podcast. And it's, I mean, I guess we're still in the Bondzilla Presents era, but this is sort of a continuation of, of the original Bondzilla podcast era. Um, this is the, this is probably the most like continuation of. Yes. Bonzilla, like you so for this episode bonzilla in its entirety is back because i think we would be not doing our audience justice if we didn't acknowledge that this is the last vestige of the bonzilla podcast strictly because it was the one thing on the list that was not complete that was supposed to be well we ha- we have that and then we have bond 25 coming yeah there, yeah there's basically too. like so, we, these two are the ones where we said like you the know stragglers. The, the original 2020 plan was to have both of these come out and that was again one of the things by the way i'm nick you know if you are just listening i'm, I'm sure you know but i'm nick and that's I'm well yeah uh but that was one of the things like that was one of the early reasons why we discussed like you know moving on from bond and godzilla in after 2020 was because originally, you know, both of these movies were supposed to come out in that year. It was supposed to be No Time to Die. Um, that's basically like a year ago. We were supposed to get, be getting ready to, to review No Time to Die. Like that would have been, you know, that that beginning of April, sort of the fun stuff. Uh, and then obviously everything happened. But these were the two things where these were going to be kind of everything kind of wraps itself up in a nice bow. And of course, that doesn't happen. And hopefully, we will be able to get. I'm sure we're going to get both of these in 2021. So, uh, Bond 25, No Time to Die, still a long ways away. So, hopefully, the world continues on, and we get to a point where we can, you know, that movie exists. Hopefully, which- the world continues on. If those are the stakes, then me seeing the 25th Bond movie, which is a Daniel Craig Bond movie, is the le- is not even on the list of concerns at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have the first of those two today, um, mm. and it, it's kind of again matching up very well with our current subject matter of Kong. Right. Yeah. So uh, so that works out, I think. I mean, because that was also the thing I will say is that one of the reasons I originally was going to do, you know, one of the reasons that Kong was so appealing was not just sort of the weird, you know, history of it, but also because originally this movie was supposed to be out in May, and it would have basically pretty much lined up like we would have had one last kong movie after that you know essentially or a couple but basically it was like oh we would get through most of the kong movies and then we would get to you know this mm-hmm. and then it moved up early and so you know it kind of worked out in that favor as well but you know it's here and that's it's the, here yeah that's the important thing it was a big weekend for kong too because he got this movie he appeared in that space jam trailer <laughs> which 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 came out the 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 day that we're recording this now which I did think was funny, like in terms of like that it's like just the timing of that was yeah. definitely funny. And, you know, I mean, you know, that had to play a role with why he was in the trailer at all. 
Oh, exactly. Yes. No, because it was like, oh, they're gonna. There, somebody, somebody at Warner Brothers is like, hey, just get a one of the Kong shots. Put it in. Put it in the trailer. Right, because it's also like the. It looks pretty like the legitimate like Kong from like you know this. It looks close. Yeah, like this MonsterVerse era. I mean, it's basically like, you know, they looked at like, you know, it's basically, yeah, Warner Brothers was looking at what they have. It's like, okay, well, people like the Iron Giant in Ready Player One, so let's do that again. Oh, let's put the, let's put the Clockwork Orange in the background somewhere. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then, Cla- and then Kong can make, make a good appearance. Yeah. 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 I don't want to talk about Space Jam 2. <laughs> I mean, it's, ex- hey, I'm going to, all I'll say, it's exactly what I thought it was going to look like. And everybody's reaction is like not surprising to me. No, no. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a little bit of like, I actually think like the movie, because my state, this is actually going to come up during this podcast too. And this isn't to be a look into the feelings of the pot uh, of like what we're going to talk about, but just in general, I've just been thinking about movies in general and you know, like how I feel like I, the older I get, and I know I'm not that old, but I, the older I get, my attitude is increasingly more. Movies are at worst hilarious. Yes. <laughs> like, no. like, like to me, like it, it's like movies. Most movies are fine. Yeah. Some movies are great. And at worst movies are hilarious. Yes. And I can actually, and it, it has been a while since I've seen a movie that I genuinely would say personally, I thought was like bad. Oh, me too. Like I, I, I've said this or it's like the most I can, the most I can give a movie is just that I don't care. Like the meh, like it was like, okay, that was a movie. Like that's the yeah, most. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> if, if, if a movie is like not hitting for me, that is the most I can give it. And like I said, like that was really, I've had that kind of attitude since, all the the last you, Jedi you know nonsense. What it is, you know what it is. This is gonna sound so dumb. I just think maybe it's because of this year of just like being inside. I just enjoy watching a movie too much. I know. I I, I genuinely genuinely just do. Right. So I, I don't necessarily like. I always say like I have friends who are not into movies like at, at least as much as we are. And my friend once told me that if she doesn't like a movie. Like it really makes her upset because that's two hours of her time that she's not going to get back. And I could not argue that point. I was like, well, I mean, I guess that's true. But, you know, sometimes this is another thing I'm going to dive deep into as we talk about this. I'm so excited for this episode, by the way. I think it's um, But like, so like, I do have to realize that there's some people who, like a movie really is like something that they are spending their time to be entertained by. Yeah. Whereas opposed to us, we will do it while we're doing laundry or like mm-hmm. we, like we will do it just cause it's a movie. Like, like we maintain that kid. It's that kid mentality of like, Oh, it's a movie. We'll watch it. Like, so right. it's, you know, and, and like, we're, you know, like there are people we've talked about this. There are people that like, can't imagine watching a movie more than once or like maybe like yes. every like, <laughs> Maybe like at most once a year where it's like, you know, like you and me, it's like, oh, if I'm going to like write, if I'm writing something like, sure, I'll put on like, you know, like a a, the Muppet movie. I've seen it a million times, but that's the reason I put it on. It's not something to put on the background. I can just enjoy like the parts that I like and I can or my or my favorite one where I still get this to with even people who are close to me where it's like, how do you remember that that happened in the movie. And I'm like, cause I saw it. Yeah. 
and then other people are like, I, I can't, I don't even remember, like, you know, it, it, it's like, not that it's bad. It's just so, sometimes, you know, we encounter people who are like, they, they just cannot fathom that we remember things. Yeah. So well, but like, listen, I always tell those people, like, there's a lot of real world shit I don't know properly. So, oh, yeah. I mean, there's, pl- <laughs> there's plenty of stuff that, like, I'm, you know, that, you know, everybody has their expertise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, I always say they should feel better because they remember useful stuff. I remember dumb Godzilla and Kong things, hence yeah. this episode. Um, oh, for sure. I don't know why why we brought that up. Oh, because of Space Jam 2. Yeah, I actually have a sense that like that movie probably will be fine. And it's oh. probably like a trailer that is like trying to market it. And it's not. Right. It's a trailer that's being like, look, it's the Game of Thrones logo. And I'm sure, or, you know. Right. <laughs> like that's yeah. like, the, that's what it is. Um, you know, the best surprise about that movie would be, would be if they pulled a, remember that SpongeBob movie? where we all thought it was going to be like that CG SpongeBob movie, not yeah. this newest one, which is a CG SpongeBob movie, but the one where it's like, they're in the real world and they're CG and they're going to be superheroes. And then you watch that movie and then you find out that's like the last maybe like, 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then the rest of the movie, it's like, that's where they have like those dolphins and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. It's like a classic SpongeBob episode. And then you're, and then, People like you and me were like, oh, I, I wish we, I wish I knew that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if, if, like, you know, a lot of that stuff is going to be like in like a portion of the movie. Yeah. But, anyway. but uh, we're not but, talking but, about we're not talking but, about Space Jam two. All all that all that considered, what I will say is what I've been seeing over. You know, Warner Brothers has kind of been in this weird controversial space with its movies recently, as they always are. But I have to say, like, I, I don't know. They have a pretty interesting collection of films coming out. Like, they're just going going for broke on just wacky, bonkers blockbuster movies. Oh, yeah, especially... That, the su- like, the, the Suicide Squad mm-hmm. looks dope. Which has a kaiju in it, technically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we ever talked about... Like, well, we could... Like, wait, wait, I, I, I don't think we... That. We haven't really been on mic truly since. Well, like, you and I, I don't think have even talked about it. No, but, I don't think so. But Starro, in a, in a, yeah, I mean it's James Gunn, bro. Like, dude, that blew my mind. Yeah, because everything else about the trailer like made sense, and then when that popped up in the trailer, I was like, what? <laughs> you, it was like, and you know me, it's like that movie just it has kind of the weird DC pulls like Starro and. Mm-hmm the most prime John Cena content. So yes. that combined is like already besides the fact that it's James Gunn and it's like, you know, I, I've always, I've enjoyed like, you know, his guardians films and kind of that stuff. Um, and I enjoy him as a person um, that alone makes me excited for, for that movie. Uh, yeah. But just like the notion that it's like, uh, cause I was watching the trailer for that and then, and you know, space jam two, which is doing a crazy thing. And in this movie, which we're going to talk about, and it's just like, it really is at least refreshing to me to like really like see kind of like a lot of these blockbusters just be unabashedly silly mm-hmm. and like just crazy mm-hmm. and like and like fun and cool because like you know they have the money to do it so why not if anything i think actually that's more of an issue you can take with blockbuster movies it's like that they're not dumber <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that they're not sillier. You know that, what I mean. That's an essay, man. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's an essay to publish somewhere. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, yeah, so, so today. So our long-awaited movie that delayed many times, a movie that we were informationless on just because of different differing circumstances for so long, finally made available to us uh, in theaters and on HBO Max, which mm-hmm. I now have and I will explore, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, directed by Adam Wingard. And the the history of this movie is so interesting because it was in that stage of like, so long, long time ago, obviously there's like the Godzilla 2014 had come out. There really were no immediate plans to do anything with it, at least publicly. Um, And then pretty soon afterwards, um, it became very clear that it was all culminating into this, which would later be known as the MonsterVerse. So there was going to be this Godzilla sequel that they were going to do that was originally going to be Gareth Edwards was going to do it again. But then he moved off of the project to do Rogue One. And then they eventually brought on uh, Michael Doherty. And um, and then also they were going to do a Kong movie, which ended up being Kong Skull Island. And then that I remember that weekend, I, I think it was close. Uh, it was like the same year that like the first trailers for Kong Skull Island came out that they were doing the whole here is our slate of of films and the in the slate of films where it's going to be Kong Skull Island, King of the Monsters, and then Godzilla versus Kong. And, uh, and it, it is also funny, because that was like subject to the criticism of like, Oh, my God, like, you know, they're, they're set on these release dates, like, like, why, why are you putting everybody in a corner? And, and it's funny, because all the directors make fun of that, too, because that was a factor. But it is also funny that I don't think any of those movies have kept a date. Their, their original date now right I'm so it's like that. especially you know th- this one um but yeah so and then so it was very clear that like starting from really from skull island on it was the road to get here to this film so you know so that's just kind of been the history of it so then uh, anyway so you know then we had you know king of the monsters had come out and um was going to lead into this film and this film if i remember correctly like it had a date and then it kind of arbitrarily moved and then it moved again for really unknown reasons yeah i think a lot of people had assumed that it like had moved to do things to it because you know because of the reception of king of the monsters Mm -hmm. um it was never ever made clear to me and me digging into it, I've never really found a, a, a I, I don't really have a sense of what the reason was. So anyway, so then it got delayed again. And then I think it got a, another minor delay. And then, you know, and then COVID threw a wrench into the whole thing. Um, but then eventually, um, eventually it finally got here. Yeah, um, no, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a road, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also because, you know, then it was, you know, it's like, there was the whole up and down of just like the big success of Skull Island and the way that people liked that movie. And then sort of the, the up and down nature, sort of the mixed bag that was uh, in terms of its success, King of the Monsters. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, like, you know, I, 
Listen, I mean, you know, King of the Monsters, like it's it's like, you know, its reception wasn't great and its box office, frankly, wasn't great either. Right. So So it's just like, you know, that sort of happened. And then again, it was a sort of yeah, it was just sort of like moved and then avoid to, you know, it kind of moved to maybe not clash with dates and then it moved again to also not clash with dates, you know, because it was like, you know, May, March, October, and then you know when every started when everything started moving last year to October. Then we remember we had those discussions where it's like, you know, when No Time to Die and Black Widow are all moving to you know September, October, November. We were like, oh well, no, like Godzilla versus Kong is gonna get eaten alive if it stays on Thanksgiving weekend, and then it eventually moved. Yeah, 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 because it was it was yeah it was gonna share like a like a weekend time period with that or yeah something. well they moved they moved no time yeah. to die to that weekend and then it was also clifford the big red dog <laughs> was also um yeah. but the other thing too so i so i've been doing a lot of kind of like diving retroactively into this movie um is that what i found out is that adam wingard actually i believe was attached like peter jackson actually liked him and I think he was attached to make like a follow-up Kong movie at one point. Mm-hmm. And then eventually like that was back when the Kong rights were with, uh, was it universal when it was with Jackson? Yes. But yeah. um, that it's a very complicated history. And I think when we continue our Kong proper, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of discussion about, uh, especially in our next episode, a lot of specific discussions about the rights essentially, but basically, right. yeah. So basically, uh, l- long story short, in terms of these, is what happened was Universal basically still kind of has first rights, but mm. then l- allowed Legendary to move their project to Warner Brothers so That's that they could they could do the MonsterVerse project. So, so what had happened was is that this was when it was a primarily a Universal, str- like a strictly a Universal property, and mm-hmm. Wingard. Um, was in the running or in the conversations to pick up like a new Kong movie. And then the legendary shift happened and then that didn't really work out, but he was still kept in the mix on everything. And then eventually his name was brought back up to do this film. And that's kind of how he got attached uh, to this movie. And yeah. And then his other, his other work too was kind of like, he's one of those things where in between, like, you know, I think death note was the big one like that a lot of people still associate him with in terms of kind of his work. At least that's what I, when people bring well, up. Well, like, I mean, what, in terms of mainstream work? I mean, because like his big films are the guest and your next. Like, well, yes. Those are the ones what, that what like I mean, why you want him to do a movie. Right. I, I think it's one of those things where obviously those are what kind of, the kind of really made his kind of name, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But then like, you know, whenever people, See, like, whenever I see people talking about him in, ter- in, in, in associate with this movie, they always bring up the Death Note. Right. Adaptation. Well, I mean, because that, it was, because that was a big Netflix. Like, it was one of their big. It's a name things. property. Uh, it's a name yeah, property, and also it's a you know again an, an anime with a very specific fan base. So I think a lot of fans, you know, took his adaptation in different ways as well. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of liked it, didn't like it. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I saw it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in, in many, in many senses, it probably could have been more wing guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you not, know. that's not wrong. Yeah. You got it. Sometimes you got to go full wing guard. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so that's how he got attached to this movie. And it was this one thing where I think that there were a lot of elements set up about the movie and then he came in and then added, um like you know, a bunch he, of different things you had his bit on it yeah yeah and then and i know that like so 
the produce obviously the legendary producers what i learned from one of the writers and kind of like creative people on this entire series max borenstein i believe his name is um he actually was talking about how you know legendary was very much interested in eventually doing this movie and that like this was kind of like the dream goal is to get to eventually like a godzilla versus kong uh yeah i mean it makes complete sense i mean again Mm -hmm. we've talked about this many times that how much that original king kong versus godzilla still holds a sentimental value in terms of the Godzilla name and Godzilla and how people perceive Godzilla. People know about that movie and it is the two kind of most notable American, not American. It's the two most notable, like big monsters in cinema, because we've also talked about this too, where, you know, in the aftermath of King of the Monsters, we talked about, yes, like it was fun to really see Rodan and Mothra and and Ghidorah, but you know, did that have the name branding of like, Oh, they're bringing over all these other monsters. Whereas like, you know, in comparison, I'm sure they knew that immediately that like, oh, Kong would have some sort of recognition Mm -hmm. of like fighting Godzilla. And it was kind of proven by the sort of general reaction and excitement that kind of led up to this movie. And then also at the same time, too, there's the whole in order to use the Toho monsters, that's also another legal thing. Right. And then if it's it's just something that they they have. And, you know, like we've also said, too, it's like I'm sure. Like, listen, I know that it's like basically Toho's involvement is really just giving them Godzilla, but you can't you can't imagine that the Toho people aren't excited that like Kong is kind of back in a Godzilla. I mean, they've been trying to get Kong in their movies more so than Godzilla. Well, they know, too, that like, you know, it's just going to bring more attention to Godzilla because they love King Kong and King Kong is such, you know, we've we've Mm -hmm. gone through that kind of history, too. And our two original King Kong episodes of from the Godzilla podcast is just that history of them trying to get Kong constantly in there. And if they had the choice back in the day, they probably would have made just as many Kong films as they did Godzilla films. Like that mm-hmm. was, you know, it's such a big legacy even overseas. So the fact that these two giant mammoths of film are, are finally back on the same screen together, you know, I, I, I just think legendary knew that that would be, you know, the way to go because it's, <laughs> it's a big crossover and I think they can yeah. lead up to it. I have to I have to admit something like I and I'm a broken record on this like we mentioned it a lot of times about the marquee value of Godzilla versus Kong seem seem to really get people pumped for this film. Yeah. I think I really underestimated how much people were excited for like this face off. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily just general audience, but there was like a lot of people like I think like the really well initiated were down to see like Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan in the last movie, but there were a lot of people who like, like this was like the matchup they wanted, they've always wanted to see, um, just be, for all the reasons you said, and just really seeing like these very passionate like reactions either leading up to or after the film about like just the mere fact of waiting for seeing this concept on film. Yeah, um, I think I really underestimated, and and I ha- and you know this is another thing that's going to pop up. I know like, you know, I'm approaching, you know, I'm in my late twenties and I know it's like one of those things that you, it's like too cliche to say at this point, especially in nerd entertainment, but like there is a level of like, you know, I took a walk by one of our local movie theaters the other day and you're seeing Godzilla versus Kong as the movie that's playing. 
and it's really cool like yeah <laughs> like i mean i still like it like you know chills by the fact that we still got like Ghidorah and mothra in an american movie but there's like there there's a as we especially when we dive into this movie there's a lot of stuff where i was like oh my god like we're seeing this sincerely in just in a in a mainstream american film so yeah yeah, yeah. so i, I got i got to give a, a props to all those people who th- this was a really they were really passionate about seeing this one and i think it, you know it's just part of it is just truly the iconography i i think i think to an extent people treat this you know maybe it would be larger if it was like let's say like avengers versus justice league but there is that kind of quality of just like you know, it's not even like the interbrand, you know, it's not like Civil War or Batman right, and Superman, right. that there is sort of an interpromotional match, you know? It is like we've talked about, like, you know, it's kind of is sort of that, like, even though it's not the same, but it is that sort of John Cena versus The Rock feel where it's like these two big icons from, you know, all these different eras and all these different things and are finally putting themselves in the ring together, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that that's really appealing to people because it's kind of like sort of this is sort of the fantasy of just like oh let's just have all these characters mash up together well it's also like what's funny about it it's like you do want to see because they're monsters you do want to see them fight but you want to see these two fight and like what's funny about like when you when you think about something like captain america civil war like i think you want to see it but that's because you're more invested in them as characters so you kind of just want to see that and you just got invested into that so you're more like oh like oh my god no my my characters are fighting and whatnot and there's an excitement to that and there's some fun to be had with that but really the only other one i could think of that i think an audience would be immediately into seeing is batman v superman or batman versus superman because that's like the big like oh well like oh i want to see those two duke it out and then you know that was what it was yeah we all Um, know civil war beat it in the box office right right exactly which you famously said would never happen i did i i I said would i i I did say would never happen yeah but but it's but there's this sort of like you know there is a sort of again to sort of like Again, even though right now it's the same company, it's just feel there's this appearance of there's actually lines being blurred here, right? That it's like this Toho Japanese monster versus that American monster and they're they're clashing in the movies, right? And there's that legacy of it. Like I said, it's just there's a lot of legacy to this movie, the icons and sort of their their past history together and just that recognizability, I think really got people. And again, I think now we're also kind of timing it where right like again sort of again we're in this world like where things are happening in terms of being able to actually see these movies after all these have been delayed for a year right we're still waiting on black widow we're still waiting on no time to die we're still waiting on all these other movies and you know kind of other than wonder woman 84 you know really none of these movies have truly like come out and in, in, in this sort of hyped way it is kind of funny that like this is like and we mentioned this I, I believe on the last episode is that this is the movie that feels like it's like a proper movie coming out yes whereas everything like wonder woman 84 kind of feels like all right this is a big movie but we're releasing it this way because of the circumstances like i don't know there's something about this one that just kind of feels yeah the most blockbuster e and the box office is showing that so. oh, absolutely yeah no and it's it's doing it's doing very well i mean yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's doing yeah. very well especially internationally it's doing very well 
So, okay, so so what do we uh, do we how do we want to do this? Do we just want to give the spoiler alert right now? Do we want to do do we want to do the classic non-spoilers and then spoilers? How do we want to do this? <sighs> I don't even remember cuz the only other time we did this was King of the Monsters and I should have listened to what we did on that one before we talked to this one, but Yeah. What do you I, I feel like we could I, just kind of get into it. I feel like maybe How about you know, we spend like just initial reactions five minutes on five ten minutes on just like general um, generalizations that we can go into specific yeah Yeah, sure i I, i'm down with that i'm down with that it's godzilla starts so this starts non-spoilers right yeah. now right now spoilers right it's now, gonna be very short though because because we're we're, we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna dive deep we're gonna... right <laughs> so we're just gonna give sort of the most base sort of reaction yeah to everything can i go first i'm i'm I, you're eager i I can tell i can tell you're uh, you're on the edge of your seat dude <laughs> dude <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know what? There is one really bad thing about this movie, and that is that I'm extraordinarily mad that 2020 took this movie away from us all seeing it together in a theater. Yeah. Because that was the only kind of real negative reaction that I that I had with it was that there was just things, especially in like the last like half of it, that like it was you and there's like a couple other friends that we know. And frankly, a lot of other people I've been talking to where I'm like, oh man, if we had seen, like you missed some prime will reactions Mm -hmm. to this movie. Um, And that, that was, that was really, that was really the thing. Um, I, 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 I was so happy after it. I was just, I was just a happy, happy boy. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I, so I, I, I saw it, the, I saw it like the opening night and then I saw it again in preparation uh, for this, you know, yeah. for like note taking and everything. And it was funny. We were talking about right off mic before we got on. It's like, that's kind of like the one benefit of like the at home release is like, oh, you know, I can just dive right back into it if I wanted to. Um, but I mean, just, I I just had such a blast with it and I just thought it, I just thought it delivered. 
I really did. I, I just thought like it was such, you know, it is very much kind of like the romp celebration victory lap of the monster verse. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of like what it is. Um, and then in some ways, like, you know, in, in some ways, I think that's kind of like what we kind of had anticipated, like maybe going in that direction in. But one of the other things that kind of like really stood out to me is like, in many ways, it's like the perfect kaiju film in, in terms of just like how it's like, you know, how it's set up and how it like goes about its things. And much like some of the best kaiju films I like that, you know, that we've talked about, it makes good on the premise mm -hmm. in a way that I think that none of the other films have. And I, and that's not a knock on the other films, but I think like unequivocally, you can just look at this film and say like the Kong versus Godzilla. It just, it really, it just makes good on that. Yes. Um, and and it's like, and for me, it's kind of like, you know, it, br it briskly kind of like goes through like, you know, it's plot. I think it, there's like a lot of like fun little like payoffs that are, you know, for fun based off of the monster verse up until this point. Um, you know, it's funny because for me, like, you know, as a big fan of King of the Monsters, like King of the Monsters kind of remains like the big like the big idea movie of like what this universe is about. And this movie is just kind of like the primal like victory lap for the fact that they've gotten this far. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, uh, and I, I just, and then, and then watching it again, I just had a black. And then also the last thing I'll say before I give it off to you, I think more, I think by the end of this film that not only is like, the fight and the clash and everything great but this film does both of these characters and i'm gonna call them characters kong and godzilla they do them very much justice and especially within this universe that they created because that was like the one thing i actually did take away from it a lot is like it's the like the like how that they've established godzilla in this world and and it's also like to me like in many ways a very effective Skull Island sequel and and in some way like it, it's more like tangentially and thematically like a Godzilla sequel and then in the story it's more of like a Kong sequel yeah. so so I, I'll get into that as we get into spoilers it's very much like kind of, yeah kind of Kong's movie interestingly enough yeah and and I kind of expected that in, in some ways um and uh, but. Dude, I missed watching it with you. Yeah. I really did. Because there were some things that based off of just some of the stuff of the years of talking about these movies, like there was just like, I can't believe that there there was the last 20 minutes of the movie, I could not wrap my head around that like, I'm, I'm watching this happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So anyway, so that that was those are those are my thoughts, my initial thoughts of it. Well, uh, I mean, you know how much I love the Showa era, and this movie <laughs> is so Showa era with like <laughs> it's like so Showa era with a dash of a, a dash of some hasty stuff in there. Yes, like, that's what yes. I really that's what I really took away is like the, the the it's like this movie is like if you took the Showa era as a steroid and just injected it 
into like kind of the action and the bonkers nature and just like kind of like what is going on to, like what are they going to introduce next with some of that what with some of the hasty sort of ways in which they told those stories i think was a kind of a nice little dash of it like you know a little paprika of of, of hasty era that's a really good way of putting it it's a very showa era movie told in a hasty way mm-hmm. yeah um i mean it's just like yeah uh it's just again i think it, in general for me the monsterverse hits it's kind of four for four uh, oh oh i i forgot to mention that they it is four for four for me yeah uh, four for movies. four like definitely like you know and i still i still think like there's definitely different strengths and, and weaknesses to each one of course but i think on a general level just coming out of a movie like you know every time of these monsterverse movies four for four i've just been like yeah i really enjoyed that um there's a moment sorry to interrupt but there's a moment at the end of this movie where something happens and all the characters are like in the music pumps and all the characters in the movies are like yeah and i'm in the theater i'm in i'm in my living room just going like yeah (laughs) is that is that what you got the noise complaint about oh okay so my story about this movie is that i got a noise complaint playing it um and long story short i got up the next morning I saw the note outside of my apartment and I knew exactly what it was because halfway through the movie, all all I will say it was after the battle at sea. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, and once that scene was over my, my internal thought was like, is this too loud? (laughs) (laughs) But I really, I honestly, I was selfish because I'm, I, I like when I, when I, since I've been in this place, I've been very cognizant of not doing that. Yeah, and I had a real effort quality with this one. I was You're like, just like, you need it, you need it. Yeah, yeah, I did. And then, like the my, you know, my neighbor was very polite, wrote a very nice note, very, very reasonable. And I was like, she like they're right. Um, I regret nothing, uh, and it won't happen again. <laughs> yeah let's just to get to my thoughts as i said yeah, sorry show, sorry go ahead yeah, no but I, I needed to bring up the noise complaint it yeah. was a good mm-hmm. point to do it um yeah so again that kind of very show era and that's the parts of the movie i like the most um i think some of the best if not the best action in the entire mm-hmm. monsterverse mm-hmm. like maybe give or take like a couple of the moments in skull island i think in terms of just big fighting moments um i definitely very much appreciated just the like we're just gonna go for the craziest shit like that's what you know whether it works or not like and i think like most of it pretty much works um for me it was definitely just sort of like oh you could just tell they were just like we're, we're kind of the victory lap thing where it's just like we're just going for it we're just gonna put all this like crazy stuff in there we're gonna make this a big on brawl a big on wrestling match and we're just gonna like you're just going to want to want to want to see it, want to hear it. And um, you're very, I, I think also this has, this movie has some of the best in terms of the monsters themselves, like some of the better, like kind of character animation and work um, on the two, on our two leads, like the emotion that they allow these characters to show and Godzilla's body language through certain parts of the movie uh it's just very entertaining and i think that you know at the end of the day like when you're seeing a kong versus godzilla fight you're there to see the two of them fight and the movie whether everything that happens around it almost doesn't matter as long as those fights hit and those fights hit out of the park 
it's very Showa in that way. Though I will say there is, I wonder if you know what moment it is, but there is a moment in the movie where I was like, anybody who doesn't like this is wrong. Like, like, cause up until this point, I was kind of like, all right, you know, you may not like it. You may like, you know, you're kind of a fuddy duddy, whatever, but you know, I'll accept it. But there was one moment, Nick, that I was like, this is amazing. And you're wrong if you hate it. <laughs> I'll be care- I, I kind of so, have a couple th- ideas of what it might be, but I, I kind of want to hear. You know. I, I, I am, I am glad though, that you, you had said it because I forgot to, and just like it, th- th- this this franchise is very much it's four for four for me. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I love it because I really feel like, cause I, the only movie I had watched right before this one was the 2014 one, which is crazy to see what this movie is doing and then see like where that one well, started. I think also, but like in a very satisfying way. Too. Honest, honestly, I think that is one of the hidden keys of this universe in this series of movies. And I think it's also, you know, it's something that I think a lot of the other very successful universes does, you know, do. I think like Marvel got into this and I think we're kind of seeing DC finally get to this point. Mm-hmm. All four of these movies, you know, there's maybe similar ideas in some of them, but they're all feel very different in many ways. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, like even like, you know, yes, like both 2014 and King of the Monsters had that kind of awe and scale, but they're also very different movies in the way that they present themselves. Mm-hmm. Like even just like color palette between the four movies and, and the and just like locations and everything like that. I just think that these four movies do a very good job and the four directors of these movies do a very good job of like still making each one its own distinct sort of feel you know that yeah I, like I, it, it's kind of like if i want to see the tone piece i'll watch the first one if i want to see the adventure movie i'll watch gull island if i want to watch like the big epic one i'll watch king of the monsters and then if i want to watch like the fun silly one i'll watch this one yeah and I, think- I, and I and i and you'll, you'll hear me say fun silly dumb things like that and I, I think everybody who's listening to this should know me by now. Like those aren't derogatory terms. There really should be nothing wrong with those terms in times of talking. I don't think so. And in fact, <laughs> we, I mean, we kind of brought this up movie earlier. More movies should be dumb. Like, you know what I, you know what I thought? Like, like, like so, cause I was thinking like, whatever reason anything happens in a Kong versus Godzilla movie is dumb. <laughs> like, some, the, like, there's, some of the, nothing that could happen that wouldn't be silly <laughs> some of the greatest movies of all time are dumb they are I no i i i completely and i, I think that agree. you know i just think that we need to just we need know, to calm down i'm sorry i'm gonna say it i know it, this is something we shouldn't say as film fans and people but film fans i think need to calm down no and I, I, i'll I, explain that within reason but I, I i don't know what other nice way to say it other than I think we need to calm down. I, I mean, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I've, I've 100% agree with that since, again, like the whole Last Jedi situation. But even like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like funny that, how that movie bro- broke us, but not for the reasons it did other assholes. Oh, like no, yeah. Did, yeah. Just like but we, but like, like even that was, again, this is, that was kind of my reaction to the, the Space Jam stuff today. I was like, people really need to like calm their shit about this stuff. Like, it's right, really not right. that big a deal. And you know what? Like, if people did not take it seriously movies would just be way more fun 
it would. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so should we get into spoilers? Or... Yeah, I think that was more than, that might have been more than 10 minutes. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. But I think, we, I think we got a good, like, 15 minutes in. So, Nick, let's talk about the better version of Batman v Superman with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to, I this was a buddy on, um, on uh, the, uh, just a, a colleague of mine um, who, also made this point but at, when i was re-watching it again today i was like this really is a better version of batman v superman like down to like plot points mm-hmm. um oh and also like um i don't know how far we want to get into this but we finally can talk about the worst kept secrets about the film too yeah um but like i just like i don't know man i like when it was when it was done I was like, they did it. They made like a Kong versus Godzilla movie. And I don't mean like, it's like, it, like, I mean, and they pulled it off like in a way that like, you know, when I watch like a versus movie, like I should feel like that way. Like I should feel like, Oh, they like, they pulled it off. I'm like satisfied. Um, here's one thing. Can I say this as we get into spoilers? Go ahead. Like, just uh, this. I have to be honest, I would have lost money on the outcome uh, of the movie. Oh, yeah. I, I was very shocked about who the winner was. Mm-hmm. I I did not expect it to be Godzilla. It, I mean, they did not lie. They said there would be a definitive winner. and They the, did, and they didn't, fu- they didn't, like, do, like, the classic, like, oh, like, like, you know, they're like somebody's about to win, but then there's an interruption or something. Like there was like a winner and it was Godzilla. Now, part of me likes that, obviously, because I'm team Godzilla, but because like it was just consistent with the movies that they've done to this point. Mm-hmm. Because like even when you watch this movie and it's fun to see them fight, your brain, your logic brain, as much as you can apply it to this movie, is like, there's no way Kong can win this. Right. <laughs> There's just no way. Like they're like he's gonna die in Antarctica. Godzilla has survived nuclear blasts. <laughs> like, There's just no way. But like I so, but I just thought for movie reasons they would like make the giant ape win. And the fact, not only was I surprised by how they did it, but I was pleasantly surprised about how they did it too. Yeah. Like I just and that and that came down to my biggest takeaway from the film is that the characterizations of just the monsters and the world at large and how they distinguish these two monsters and pit them off with each other is just remarkable, I thought. Like, I just thought, like, that was, like, the biggest payoff of the of the whole, uh, of, like, doing all of these films, I thought, is the fact that you can, like, really engage with those characters. And then, and to a point where... And this is what I'll say about, you know, this compared to the other movies. It really does make it really solely the movie about the monsters more so than any of the other movies have been. Um, and, that, and, then, and then that's what I'll say. And then I'll get this part out of the way right now. The connective tissue is fine. Like, it's just like the human characters are fine. Like, yeah. it's one of those things where, like, this is going to be my big bugaboo, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like I watch a movie like this and then I see like everybody like complain about that aspect of it. And then I just kind of wonder like, like, I don't know how to do, 
how do people enjoy most things? Because this is pretty much on par with just like any this is like like with most things to me at least i don't know like and i listen i get it the one thing i will say that i understand and am and and i'm like a person who i probably shouldn't argue this point as much as i do but i'm sympathetic to like when people complain about the human parts of these movies i disagree but i'm sympathetic to the argument but like there's two things about this one The, the the thing about this one is like the the on the ground human story is like fine. It's like so lean that to me, I, I didn't really, I couldn't gather what you could be upset about it with. Like, it's like, there's no like heavy melodrama. There's no like big jokey jokes. Like everybody just kind of comes in, does their part and they leave. Well, and I think it's that's all what people so- complain about is that there's no substance to it. Oh, then they need to. Well, no, see, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like, no, I don't agree I that that I, is what substance is. I think that's, like, what I, they, again, that's what, I feel what they see is that yeah. it's very lean, that there's no, like, you know. They don't do the, more with it. Yes. Well, that's what, that's what the complaint is. Okay. Well, I mean, but what I will say is, like, to their point, the only thing I will kind of understand a little bit is that I will agree that I think this is the movie that does the least with any of that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to I was going to say yeah. actually is that like of the four, this is definitely, I think, for me, the weakest of sort of the human plot lines. Cause I think that every other I think every, like I have always been since day one, I've always been a bigger fan of the Aaron Taylor Johnson stuff in Godzilla than most people. Like I've mm-hmm. I like that one again, that one to me has the very simple man trying to get back to his family that story works. And again, as we talked about, you know, I, I feel something at the end of the day. So, you know, I, I enjoy that character. Uh, the, the Kong Skull Island characters are just so, they're such a big nature. Cause you have like John Goodman and Samuel L. Jackson and Tom Hiddleston and, and, you know, Brie Larson and John C. Riley. And I think there's such a big nature to the way that Roberts directs that movie. Like, that it's like a ragtag group of like, like it's like an adventure movie like right? i i almost feel like in a sense like they are like kind of the most memorable collection of characters especially because mm-hmm. john c Riley stands out so much and i think in king of the monsters you do have sort of the that family dynamic with you know vera farmiga and kyle chandler and uh um 11 what's her name <laughs> millie bobby brown millie bobby brown yeah, like you yeah. have that family dynamic and again there's that memorable nature of like the you know the, the vera farmiga's like monologues and sort of you know the way Millie Bobby Brown like goes about the movie, and like there's also that connection. Whereas like, well, and, and that's also a central plot line. Plot, in the movie plot line too. in the movie, yeah. and I think like I do think this one like it's not that it doesn't do anything interesting. I think there's like maybe a couple moments of with the human characters and that I found you know fairly interesting. But it is the one where like when I take out the movie, it's like there's just the least I can kind of pull. But I also agree with you, and I don't necessarily think it's bad. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for the movie. It's just that it is the least interesting of the four. I mean, and I think that's kind of. Oh, I mean, I would probably, I, I, I would be okay with saying it's the least interesting. My, my reservation for saying it's the weakest is just like, again, I've watched the movie twice and it's like, yeah, I get every character. I think every character is fine. Like there's a few moments I chuckled and like there were some payoffs at the end with characters that I liked. I thought team Godzilla was a fun, cute, kind of dynamic like with like um brian uh tyree uh yeah yeah and millie bobby brown and julian dennison like i mean those are my type of fun characters i I thought that they were like a 
a fun little cute ragtag group of people like so like i mean i i i didn't walk away with any of that thinking like it was bad i just thought like no, it was but again like, it was like efficient no yeah no it was it was just basically like it did you know what it needed to do and again mm-hmm. like it's like again some of those characters have good moments and we'll talk about those good moments but it's just it is sort of like the the weakest of the, the to me the weakest of the four overall um, sure sure but, i mean out of the four but but i think for me i just kind of apply that by it's just because it's not doing the most no yeah but yeah. like am i wrong for like being like well i don't like it's fine if it no because i mean i, I, I actually I, think I, a lot more movies than people give credit for don't do that much i'm sorry i i gen I, I, I agree too that it's like it's not something i'm complaining about like it is just sort of sort of how i kind of felt going out of it well my but but, but my, go back to the original sorry, point yeah. like mm-hmm. i mean also just to say Again, in contrast to that, the the character work and the the emotion and the body language and the storytelling of our two main monsters is like incredible. Where it almost Mm -hmm. is kind of like it elevates everything else just to an extent because that stuff is so good. Right, right. That you can kind of start reading things into you know, like the cog work is so good that it pulls out the emotion of his relationship with that with that little girl. Like you know like it works such in tandem with that storyline and their communication that it it raises that part of the movie up it's just funny to me because i i I completely agree with you and i think like max bornstein said like a really interesting thing that really kind of gets down to the core why i think people have a lot of criticisms and i and you know i should say i don't want like i it is one of those things where even i overblow it a little bit because i think that this criticism is more of a one thing I've learned from the past couple movies that have come out just in general is like, there's three sections of people. There's the general audience, there's actual filmmakers, and then there's film Twitter. Yeah. That's not in film. Twitter are the people who will complain about the human stuff in this movie. Well, yeah, because it's like, just like any other, like film Twitter is just an extension of all the other sort of echo chambers that any fandom right. of Twitter are. I mean, I experienced this, like, you know, and you can kind of get in the most specifics. I mean, that's also where a lot of the Star Wars echo chamber stuff kind of mm-hmm. happened too. But like, I experienced this all the time with the Disney community, where like the Disney community has their same things that they complain about all and all the time, whether it's parks related or movie related. And then you kind of go out into the wider, you know, the larger Disney fan base, and nobody gives like a crap about those specific complaints. They just well, go, it's like because they want to go ride Space Mountain, like that's it, their thing. And I and I will say like I mean this one, which we'll get into. I, I think generally the reaction is actually pretty good. I, at least from my sense of yeah. it. Um, but I think like, yeah, I think everybody, I think just kind of the film culture that we've set up, like there's this weird obsession that people have to say that like, well, like, yeah, the story's kind of dumb, but I still liked it. Like they, they're, yeah, they, have we to, need- they have to qualify it, right? right Which again, right. it's just like not, you don't need to qualify it. Just say you like something. But I do think that a lot of your average person really doesn't have, that much of an issue with like oh like the human characters are quote unquote kind of dumb i think like honestly with like a lot of the general audience it's more i think this was what frustrates film twitter it's more petty reasons like i think like with king of the monsters the thing is like you know Ghidorah and and those monsters don't mean that much to those to to everybody and 
you know, and I love that movie, but, you know, it doesn't make good on monster fighting, I think, in the way that the audience wants. So that's really what that is. So anyway, so that was just a roundabout way of saying, like, I, I think, like, the whole, like, complaining about, like, the human characters is more of, like, a insular film criticism thing than it is actually a thing that resonates with people. Yeah, and it's like, cause, because you also get into film Twitter going into, like, you know, being, like, film analysis twitter too yeah where it's like that i also i'm sorry I, I i don't accept this not what you're saying i just don't accept this because the whole thing about like well we can't accept a movie being silly or dumb because everybody accepts a movie being silly or dumb like i'm sorry <laughs> like there's only a few people out there who will like who always appreciate the highest of art no it's like you know there's there's something else that you like that is super dumb and that you will like kind of excuse that you right, will kind right. of push to the side. <laughs> and no, I, I think what the frustration is from my, because if you don't like, I, this is why I'm sympathetic of the opinion. If you don't like how the storytelling or the characters are done in these movies, I kind of get it because with the, with Kaiju films, um, the, the, what I was going to say earlier, Max Bornstein puts it in a way where um, you, it's best if you treat the human characters as side characters because the problem with a kaiju the creative problem with a kaiju film is that your star it's not like if you have mission impossible and tom cruise as your star and that's like a human person that you can connect to as an actor when you watch these movies godzilla and like kong are the stars and you can't really connect with them in the same exact way so then you have to make other like the rest of the cast like a side character now i kind of like that way of going about it depending on what you're doing and the YouTuber and on and um, social media kaiju expert up from the depths also kind of pointed out that like, you know, one of the things that, and this is something I've said, is that with kaiju films, it's really more about like craft big ideas and mythology with kaiju films. And that and that's why like it, it really is the 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 quiet part out loud is like the human characters by function really are you know, just things to move on the board. Like that's just kind of like how the genre works. And so I'm okay if that doesn't work with you, for you. I, I completely get it. And, you know, so I'm sympathetic to that. I think where where the frustration for some of us comes from is that there's always this excitement that everybody's like excited for these movies being kaiju movies where like the the creatures are punching, just punching each other. And then and then when the movie comes out and you're and then you're like, Oh, well, it's only them punching each other. That's just when it gets kind of like at least frustrating from a conversation point of view. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's um, all I'll say about that. But I'm on team. I thought everybody was fine. I'll get into details later. But to your point, more so than ever, like, especially in like that, the last half of this movie, you just really connect with Kong and Godzilla. Um, just as characters in a way like there's some shots in this film where they're like face to face and you can really like read like what's going on and like how they're how they're talking to each other right like, right basically. yeah um so i like, think they're, they're, they're like godzilla gives a look in this film where he's like i, I don't have time for this <laughs> he's like he's like you again <laughs> that's that's exactly when i was thinking of the body language line that's exactly the moment where it's like like I there's I'm dealing with bigger shit right now. Like just mm -hmm. get out of my way. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I know we had an ancient war, like, of our ancestors so, at some point. So I think we kind of talked about, like, I kind of got your sense about, as a movie, how did you feel about how it fit into, like, the universe, the MonsterVerse at large? It was very interesting because I thought that this was, like, a good sort of mixture, almost, of sort of the Kong Skull Island style with sort of the style of two Godzilla movies. I thought that they kind of meshed well. But what I found very interesting is like that was one of the things where like it kind of almost like to me, it kind of really at the same time as being a mixture, it kind of really felt like this was sort of the climax and almost a a finale type structure yeah. to the monster verse. Yeah. Because on the one hand, I think that you kind of definitively have sort of the places where these two creatures are in this universe now by the end. And then the other thing is like I was really thinking like but where else could you go? Like, mm -hmm. what else could you do? Like, without it kind of really being like another, you know, basically repeating these exact beats. Right, like, right. Yeah. Like, there's only other. I like, agree. Because you're not really gonna. It's not like you're gonna bring in Geigen or anything like that. And then I don't. Well, and then also the problem. Bring, you go ahead. Sorry. And then it's really not like you know, bringing in like another original monster is just gonna be like you know what else what else what other stories are you gonna tell so it really did feel like the the monster verse was leading up to this movie and this movie is sort of the, the final stamp on mm -hmm. what this whole series of movies was yeah leading into this movie i said if this was it then i'd be happy just because it was like oh four movies that i enjoy but then like when you watch it i was kind of like what if this really was it like i i think this is like a solid like four chapter yeah, story and it, there's other logistical things like I I just don't know if the American blockbuster scene is built for just continuous Godzilla films. No, you know I, I mean? think it's like one of those things where it's like you need to take a couple years off and do sort of a new version or bring it back to yeah. Japan and let them. Kind I, of I I do have an idea for 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 a follow up, but I will I will save that. Um, but um. But I really I, I, did feel like I really enjoyed, I was going to say, I really enjoyed sort of bringing in sort of that that Kong Skull Island sensibility, especially because when we've seen so far, mm -hmm. and we're going to see in our general Godzilla discussion, or, or sorry, our Kong discussion going forward, that, you know, even with all these other outliers that we're going to talk about within, you know, the Kong universe, ma ma mainly the De Laurentiis films coming up, um, Skull Island is really the different one because it's really the one that has nothing to do with the traditional Kong myth and the, the Kong mm -hmm. lore. And, right. you know, and, and, you know, John, I mean, obviously when we'll talk about that movie too, Voight Roberts just brings, Voight Roberts just brings such a specific tone with the, you know, he uses like music, like, you know, regular music and he uses like, you know, sort of that kind of hip nature and just brings a different sort of, feeling and a very fun feeling and you know skull island in many ways is the most fun up until this one of the other monster verse movies like it's the other really fun one and just like you know again gas masks and samurai swords and like you know godzilla or sorry kong fighting skull crawlers like that's a whole movie is just a blast and then trying to escape the island and john c Riley. and what i really enjoyed was just how that continuity of emotion and sort of visual nature 
really carried over into this movie that it wasn't just oh we're bringing in kong now it really was we're bringing in the skull island kong and you felt a continuity from that movie to this movie and i felt that that kind of injected a fun different energy especially in comparison to the two previous godzilla films which while being different generally had kind of the more awe inspiring mm-hmm. epic scale nature to it and again not to say this movie doesn't have scale to it has a lot of scale but it really was kind of a fun injection of injecting that fun kong skull island style into godzilla which i thought was was part of what made the movie great yeah i mean right down to the fact that like a there was a like a there was three key kong scenes that were more of like old soundtrack like you know that they had songs playing over it right like, like it really reminded me of how like music was treated in in skull island yeah which i thought was really which was really fun and i know wingard was he was cognizant of that because you know he actually did throw a little bit of shade at bvs but one of it one of his things was like you know in that movie you're kind of doing this thing where you're introducing like a batman and then you have to like you know introduce the batman and then you have to get invested in him fighting the superman that you just met and one of the things that he wanted to make sure was that he he wasn't precious about like why well, I have to make my own Kong and my own Godzilla like he's like I want to make sure that this Godzilla is the Godzilla that you've been seeing in these other films and this Kong is the Kong from Skull Island. And I think so, also, and I and I thought he was very successful in doing that. And I mean I think we talked about it you know before when we you know when we when we first had the like bearded Kong you know like did we see it? <laughs> but I really also liked you know, how they made this Kong look, you know, different than his younger 70s self. Like, right. just kind of the more rugged nature to him in this movie gives you that sense of history. Uh, while also, again, that that other, the visual flares and the musical flares that we are know from Skull Island still connected to it, you also tell that this is the uh, Kong that has evolved over time too. So, and, and I think it's just fun that, it is fun to see like this Kong evolve, right? In terms mm-hmm. of having its own mythology and having its own, you know, fun like elements, you know, connected to Skull Island, connected to Hollow Earth, connected to all the things we've seen throughout these Godzilla movies. Um, especially because, you know, as we've seen and we will see that again, the the you know, this the Kong narrative has been the same, you know, the same sort of story throughout history. And so the fact that they've really built a general completely new Kong mythology while still kind of making it Kong. Like, I think there was a moment at the end where just like, just a shot of him, you know, hanging on a building. Obviously, yes. Yes. That was but, awesome. But also in a much bigger form. Cause this is, you know, the largest Kong ever. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But just like kind of having that iconography, but in a completely different light was so cool. So to make it like a completely different Kong, but still be like, it's, it's King Kong. I, I thought was like really fun. One, really one, fun. Of, one of the things I thought that was interesting about this film, especially when listening to Wingard talk about it, I feel like Wingard is the only one of the four directors who is very much in tune with like what people would want to see from these movies and is also interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that the other directors aren't, but like one of the things, like I don't think that any of the other directors beforehand were solely interested in just seeing monster fights. 
Like, I, I think that when I hear them talk about the movie, like, that's just kind of like, that's a part of the genre, but it's not like the thing that like enticed them about it. Mm-hmm. Like, even I know that Jordan Vote Roberts like had to be talked into doing a monster fight in his film. Um, whereas like, I think Wingard is like all about like, we want to see these guys clash. And, and it brought me back. To, and so the reason I bring this up is because just little things like, well, Godzilla is like the creature slithering on the ground and and the big Kong thing is like, he's always on top of buildings. So the fact that we just got that imagery, I, just, I, I thought was awesome. Yeah. Um, but to go back to your point, just about like, you know, how you follow up from Skull Island, because I kind of go through my point that I think that there's more tangential thematic things that are in the background that are more from the Godzilla realm. And there's more, focus storytelling beats that are more for Kong. Um, but there were th- payoffs for Kong that I did not know I cared about as much until they paid them off. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like the big scene where Kong is revealed that he can understand sign language. And I was like, Oh, that's like an awesome, neat scene. I'm like, glad that like, like, I, I love that this is like the part of his life that he's in. And then the big thing was like the whole hollow earth bit, which we'll get into is when he finds out this is where his people were from. Yeah. Like, like this, his spe- this, yeah, his species. Yeah. This is where his species and his civilization hails from. And there's kind of like this, like these hints of this, like this civilization based off of the Kong species. And there was a little bit of like, good for Kong. Cause I know that was like the whole thing in Skull Island is that he was like this lonely giant with no family. And right, his parents were like, he, you know, killed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, so I just found myself being like, so when like he walks into the throat, like, I mean, first of all, there's a scene where Kong is on a throne with a giant ax made out of a Godzilla. Yeah. Like thing. So like that's in the movie. But the fact that like he did that and I was like satisfied, I was like, that's neat. Like I, I like I like this. This is this is this is good. I like it. I mean, I think I think that's also one of the key things that I think, you know, connects Kong with the previous Kongs is what you mentioned, the kind of sign language scene and, and just the general connection from with humans or, or like a human. Because mm-hmm. again, traditionally we view like that with you know his fascination with women. You know, like that we see, like with you know most, you know, we kind of associate it with Bay Way, even though it's not really in that movie, and it's definitely within you know Peter Jackson's Kong, and I'm sure we're going to see it in the Dino De Laurentiis Kong. But like, it's kind of like again, like my mind connects to you know, even if it's not the same Kong, it's that Kong iconography because his connection with the girl and like you know them touching fingers and the sign language, like I connect it with like that that like central or the ice skating park scene or whatever it is in Peter Jackson's Kong with Naomi Watts. Like I, I connect that with like, okay, that's part of the Kong legacy and, and it's sort of that nature of it. And it was fun to see sort of Kong, you know, be able to kind of really move around too. like when he's swinging inside the hollow earth, which we'll talk about was great. I mean, uh, the special effects in this movie are good. Yeah. They're very awesome. They're but very I good. also, when going back and you know, what's really funny kind of like when you think about this movie, the fact that, I mean, there's kind of like, bigger tangential things that I think people like there's mental gymnastics people have issues with that I can criticize but like the fact that like these are achieved with modern computer generated visual effects like all four of these movies have done a phenomenal job at bringing to life 
all of these creatures. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, like a four. I, I again, and especially because like, you know, again, the movies have been mixed, but like, you know, there's some really good daytime stuff in this movie too, which again mm-hmm. is always like kind of like, you know, a veiled thing where it's like, oh, like they hide it behind behind darkness, which I, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. There's like I mean Skull Island was full of like good great like just during the day like yeah, yeah. and and I'm and I'm sympathetic to that I I understand that criticism but but I think that it's just like I think it was a nice mixture visually too of like the different like there's like a you know kind of sunset there's a night thing there's a day thing there's you know they're on they're at sea they're swimming they're you know in like oh there's some bitching looks at Godzilla in this film yeah like, and, just and, like and in the ocean and he's peeking out of it like I'm like oh and, it's and so again good. it's like you just know that the filmmakers and just legendary has a good enough grip on these characters that you can kind of mix in the the great visual effects character work that between these two creatures which kind of just emphasizes everything else uh to talk about that scene the sign language scene the big thing that I loved about the film was exactly how because ultimately i think these are the little details where i would analyze and dissect because i i ultimately will admit i think that out of the four films this is the film that's really not quote unquote about anything <laughs> no it's about it yeah. really is about the two monsters <laughs> like it, it like it, it's about things in the gen in the generic sci-fi plot way of man meddling with nature and friendship is magic and at one point during the fight at the end i did say teamwork makes the dream work i will admit i i did yell that out in my apartment but the thing i can analyze what i really did like is how they distinguish the characterizations of the two creatures and what i liked is because it is the best of what you like, at least what we like. And I will admit, I think both of where you and I are coming from is that we are kind of invested in this universe. So sometimes when I talk to people, I understand they're just not that invested in the stories that are being told that much. So like, mm-hmm. I, I get that I come off as like, like I, I come off as Brian Tyree Henry in this movie when I talk about it sometimes. But the fact that Kong they really establish as more of like an ape where his problems are finding a home and a family and his ability to communicate and like really like think about like his contemplate his like existence and things and that and that plays a role in all of his appearances. Godzilla, on the other hand, is an extension of nature and the earth. So one of the things I thought was really funny that my colleague did point out and I thought was really funny too is like you would be forgiven if you watch this movie and you're like Godzilla's a dick like he like he's literally just like King Kong like Kong is around and I can't have that so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go mess with him like so and then he's like well I you know there's this thing going on that I don't really like so I'm gonna go attack this city but what I like about that is like you're really you're giving the sense that one is more of like an individual thinking creature that yearns for something a little bit deeper where the other creature is no, 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 man. Like, listen, I'm here to make sure the ecosystem works. Like I'm here to be like, you know, who's boss, like something's out of whack. And I just bait, like, you know, in, in some ways in the most polite way, I'll say he's got like a lizard brain. Like he's kind of got like the, the, the one track mind and there's some nuances that they add to it, especially towards the end of the movie that I like, like he's not a dumb creature, but the rules in which Godzilla operates is much different than the story 
that's applied to Kong. And that's what I liked about the movie a lot. Well, I, and I think what's great is that that really is something that tracks throughout the entire history of these yes. movies. Because yes. like, starting with Kong, since he's only had one previous appearance, when you look at Skull Island, it really is about like he's just living on this island. He's a part of its society. Like, you know, you, you, we just see him like do regular things. Like he goes to the lake to get the octopus to eat for breakfast or whatever. But like yeah. that's like his thing. And then like all these people show up and, you know, are just like kind of interrupting like his his life. Whereas like when you look at the history of Godzilla, Godzilla's whole thing has been he is the alpha monster. He is the alpha titan. He's the king of the monsters. Everything he does is to further both his existence as the alpha so that he can protect the earth. Cause if you, you can even apply that, you know, obviously that's the main thing of King of the monsters is, you know, Ghidorah and Godzilla They're you know, it's just like kind of the two most powerful creatures. And that, that movie ends with Godzilla standing up as the King of the monsters over everyone else. But you can even apply that to 2014 where it's like, you know, Godzilla had, you know, an issue with two Mutos and he, you know, they were going to hatch a million other ones. And, you know, mm -hmm. they would have been the new alpha species on the planet if they had been able to run wild. So his whole thing is like, I'm going after these two creatures because they are a threat to he, the, the, the earth and nature. They are a threat to my existence. And so Godzilla's whole thing in this movie is that there is something that, you know, for the, a lot of the movie is mysterious, quote unquote. Um <laughs> That I mean, a, if by a, a lot, if by a lot of the movie, you mean the first five minutes and then a scene happens and then we're like, no, it's not a secret, <laughs> but we'll get to that. We'll get to that point. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, there's something threatening his existence, you know, and obviously he's just kind of attacking and, and sort of everybody's kind of misinterpreting it. Whereas again, Kong it, it is, you know, being kind of a research subject and trying to just live his life and is kind of dragged onto this adventure where he finds out more about himself. And it's just kind of been consistent throughout these movies. Well, Wingard finds a very creative way of making the villainous Godzilla. Because I will admit there was a little bit of satisfaction that we finally have a movie where Godzilla is being the destructor. And there is some fun in that. Mm -hmm. But what I like about it, and again, maybe I'm invested in the story thus far, so I read it this way, is that it's more of like, like when Godzilla comes to attack in that first scene, in um in florida which is awesome like that first scene where he shows yeah. up is great yeah um, and the movie gets right in that's one of the other thing i like the movie yeah. gets right into it too mm -hmm. that there's a show the beginning with kong and then immediately into the godzilla attack like it's just oh it opens up on a kong scene yes it opens up on kong scratching his butt yeah like i said <laughs> it, it goes right into kong and you get his situation and you get to godzilla right to his situation there's no big like lead up there's no big fluff it's just like Let's get into it, buddy. Let's mm -hmm. go. Let's let's hit the ground running. Which I thought was like a really good way of like following up on the previous films because there were some interesting things. Like I was like, okay, I, I guess it's interesting that they followed it up in this way. But the fact that it was like, oh, Godzilla could just show up and then we have warning, like alert signs when he does. I thought that was a valid way of following up on the previous films that we had. Yeah. Well, um, I, guess, I guess we can kind of like start going into like- Oh, the movie itself. yeah, I, I do want to finish this point though. But I did like where he, he kind of comes in and it's more of like, his destruction is more of like a parent coming in and setting things straight and less of like, like an actual monster. Like, it's almost kind of like, oh, man, what did we do? Why is Godzilla here? No, like, we did something wrong. And But ultimately, my big praise about the movie is how it stayed true to those characterizations of the character in a satisfying way. Um, and then I and I really, I just really liked that. Like, I, I thought right. that was 
that was good that was good stuff yeah. um yeah so so basically but, i just wanted to start off with like we can kind of get into the actual story of the movie now we've kind of talked a lot about it. and i think a lot of our points will continue to be made as we talk about the movie so we open up with kong and it's kind of again you kind of connect it to since skull island where you know it's the same thing that we kind of were seeing in skull island it's just a a, a giant monkey living on an island and just kind of you know he watches himself on an ape He's an ape. It drives me crazy when people call him a monkey. You know, he he's isn't it. He's he's a Kong. Um, yeah. It's fine if Aiza Gonzalez calls him a monkey because she's an asshole and she gets what's coming to her in a very satisfying way. So I, like, okay, I, I okay, I know I said I wanted to talk about a movie. I have one thing. Okay, her character was the most basic. <laughs> her character was the most basic. Evil female corporate person ever. Like there was nothing at all deep about her character. She was every single I'm a asshole part of corporate in any movie. And her death was still extremely satisfying. But that's why so it was funny. So Patrick um Young, uh pot of the friend cast, brought up this point too, where he, he did not care for this character and I was like, and I and I kind of knew that. I, I just kind of figured that, like, you know, just knowing, you know, you all of you guys that, you know, this wasn't one. But like, I isn't that like, and the fact that that is her demise, like, she just gets callously crunched. By but, Kong but again, in his bare hand. But and you know, but what doesn't make, that make that work? Is but, that like, what makes that satisfying? <laughs> once again, is not necessarily her, but the animation on Kong. Yes, because yeah. Kong yeah. is the one that's like you. Like he's literally like you, you asshole. Like, like he's just like. I don't even think he gives that much thought to it. He's like, Ugh. yeah, like, <laughs> like kind of like right. that. But it's just like, yeah, it's kind of more like, oh, you, you know. You know how you just like out of just out of instinct just crush like a like a like a like a coke can. Yeah, that's how he did that. Like you're kind of angry just in general because he's that's... seen that like people betray and like you know that sort of thing. So this is kind of an insight of why little things like characters like this don't bother me because a I do think the movie is very much aware that this character is unlikable and two they get the ending that you right. want of that character. Well, like I said, so I just... don't mind, but you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, the fact that she, she's just like, our, our HEAVs are like state of the art and they can withstand anything. And of course they come with like a, like a, a large like price tag to it. You can be impressed about that. <laughs> and even like Alexander Skarsgård's like, who is this person? It's like, every, if you were just to be like, just write two sentences of like the most <laughs> asshole corporate woman who's going to betray the team but like still be very business like it says every character like that anyway go back to the beginning so you see kong he's an ape he's like taking showers under you know waterfalls mm -hmm. he's going and like you know going rummaging he's climbing mountains and everything he meets up with his little girlfriend and then he throws a rock and it hits the screen and we find out that he's living in a dome and he's being studied by monarch because I thought that was awesome by because, the way because out because the whole thing is that outside like skull island has been terrorized by the storm at the end of son of kong like that's just basically happening perpetually and so basically they're like kind of protecting kong from like this this storm that may or may not eventually wipe out his island as we saw at the end of son of kong and you know but he's kind of like let me out of here so there's kind of that dynamic Meanwhile, 
So that's kind of well, where Kong is. Well, first of all, I, I do want to talk about this because I, I actually was like, it, it is funny because it really is leading deep, like kind of like just right into it. The fact that you're just opening up with this really excellent day in the life of Kong scene and also just very efficiently talking about like, what is the status of him in the world present day? Um, I, I, I just thought it was funny. It, like, it just instantly grabbed me into the n- fact that like, okay, like you're telling me that you're getting me invested in these creatures because they're going to fight. And I, and I, I like that. I liked that for the first time in these films that we are leading with monsters first. Yes. Also, like, I know I joked about Son of Kong, but just the thing I thought about was that what's kind of funny about the status of, Ka- of Ka- uh, Skull Island, because it's, again, it's everything else is a perpetual storm outside. And it kind of is funny because, you know, when we meet, like, you know, when we go to Skull Island, the whole thing is that it's always been surrounded by storms mm-hmm. in, in uh, you know, and that's why nobody's ever been to the island. And now it's like funny that you think about them. It's, just, it's really just the storms have now made their way to the island and are just mm-hmm. perpetually doing that. So I thought that was kind of just an interesting sort of like, what happens in 30, 40 years, you know, that sort of thing. And it's also like, you know, kind of like the way of like, how do we, it's like that writer's way of how do we get him off of the Island? How do we like come up with an excuse to do that? Yeah. Um, And it's followed by like, what are your favorites are the monster verse title cards. Oh yeah. I've almost forgot to mention this. I love that these movies are so consistent. Uh-huh. With with this visual nature, mm-hmm. I really genuinely like just enjoy it every single time of just a, sort of the little storytelling that happens in each of those opening credits. Like, like, I think it's a really good it's just a really good thing to connect every movie up this, and a really good way to skip, get you into the movie coming up. Yeah, because this one was like kind of more of like a MonsterVerse recap. Yes. And it got me pumped and I'm a fan that's been entrenched in this. But the fact it's like. Godzilla versus Muto defeated. Godzilla uh, like Kong versus Skullcrawler defeated. Oh no, here comes Ghidorah defeated. There's only one match left, and and then followed up by the most Toho Hazy Millennium Era bitchin title card, mm-hmm. where it's just like that CG like like zoom into the screen and like oh. Uh, Oh, that's how I knew, like, I'm in love. I'm in love with the movie. Like, oh, this is sure. great. It knows, it knows what it is. Um, and then we, so then we open up in Pentecosta, Florida. Um, and so it's funny because you and I have been trying to be fair. And we've always called it the movie's worst kept secret. But you and I were like, you know what? We're we're gonna we're gonna keep our morals about us. We're gonna keep our ethics about us about it, and we're not gonna we're not gonna share it. We're not gonna share what happens, like you know about like the big reveal in the movie. And you know, and there's a certain amount where they probably could have gotten away with like not revealing or been a little bit more careful about it. And I think there would have been like a nice pop for us as as we watched it. I I think, but. When the first major scene of your movie is welcome to Apex Cybernetics. <laughs> like you we all would have known where the movie was going. <laughs> I was like they oh well no wonder that they were they didn't care. <laughs> like 
because it's the first like anybody but i mean i shouldn't say this because there were i have talked to a couple people that when the third act rolled around they were legitimately surprised so that kind of goes into that schism yeah i, I actually didn't really catch it i just kind of knew like I haven't even seen any of the interviews or anything like that. I was just like, oh, it wasn't in interviews. It just was kind of like, no, more I know, of that. but it's like they people... weren't being careful about it. Right. It was just like, and I knew that some of that stuff had leaked, but it was also like kind of the more we got into it, the more I was like, you know what? Like that makes complete sense of. Oh, so when they, when they introduce like Apex Cybernetics. Well, I kind of, I, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, I kind of like brush it aside, but I kind of, just... <laughs> I was like, I just... I just had a general new knowledge of like, that's probably where the movie's going. Oh, I was like, that's definitely, that's definitely where it's going. But I guess like the, so one of the reasons, because the movie is so lean, what I, one of the little nitpicks I would say about it is that I did have to watch it again just to pick up on certain like details. It's funny mm-hmm. how like a movie like King of the Monsters, I just absorb all the details in where this one is just so to the point that I have to kind of rewatch it because they kind of like just move past plot points so quick. But there were like certain things like, so I guess it's been like, I guess the, the idea is that it's been anywhere between three to five years between this. Yeah, and I the think last it's, film. I think it's five. But yeah. I think it's five. And I guess the idea is that Godzilla came around. He became the king of the monsters. He put all the other monsters in his place and humanity has kind of been unbothered since. Essentially, yes, it, that's kind of what it's like, been. Yeah, that the other monsters have did their thing. Godzilla has continued to showcase that he's like the king of the monsters. But it generally, there has been a time of peace that mm-hmm. there really hasn't been a new monster attack. And and it, again, at the be- at the beginning of the movie, before the first thing happens, Godzilla is still seen as like a hero, right? To humanity that he there that there's still like Godzilla is our protector. And that we really haven't had any issues really since the, like the days right after King of the Monsters. Right, right. So, so anyway, so it opens up on this like you know he's attacking um, this apex cybernetic, and we're introduced to one of our um, characters of the film that's on more of the Team Godzilla side because it's kind of the movie's kind of split up between Team Godzilla and Team Kong, right. and only like they, this is probably the one that's like least monarchy. Like, and not yes. like a monarchy, but like, like actually. Well, like, the thing is, is like all the, the, there's definitely characters that are like, you know, like, you know, we, we have characters that are involved with monarch, but also the actual organization of monarch and like the hierarchy and the bureaucracy of it really takes a backseat to the fact that like, oh, Rebecca Hall's character is she is with monarch, but she's really just there to study Kong. And she could have right. just, she could have just been like a general Jane Goodall style independent person. But I actually like that because I did like that. They just straight up was saying like, I just straight up liked that there was like a character that they were unabashedly saying like, we're not going to take him off this Island. Cause if we take him off this Island, Godzilla is going to come after him. And I don't yeah. want that. So I just kind of, as, as like a, though t- to me, those are the little character beats that I like in these movies. Yeah. I think I, I think there is one or two things about like there not being a bigger monarch presence that I personally felt a little bit later in the movie. But the one thing I will say is I think what was refreshing about it too is that we basically had three previous movies where sort of the the monarch or like pre-monarch bureaucracy or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. we had it 
We had it in King. We had it in 2014, where it's like you know, monarch versus the military, and then we also had it that in 2014, monarch versus the military, and like differing views within monarch itself, and then and you know, and then you know, uh, you know, Vera Farmiga like offshooting from monarch, all that sort of stuff, and then you have like, you know, Skull Island, where it's like the origins of it, and like you know, the differing views of like John Goodman and and Samuel Jackson's characters versus the rest of them. I thought it was nice to just be like, okay, well, like Monarch's just a general part of like why these characters are where they are, mm-hmm. but they also does not be to be the focus, especially because like the Team Godzilla side are all doing kind of this mission outside of what Monarch is doing. Like they're kind of like going rogue essentially, and then. You know, and you're right, like the Kong side of it is more like, well, we need to protect, you know, Kong to an extent, but we also need to find a way to like, you know, keep the earth protective if Godzilla is starting to attack us, which is what they believe that Godzilla, you know, they don't know why, but Godzilla has started to attack and now there has to be countermeasures to protect people. Yeah, I was, I, I think I was a little bit, that was more of a criticism I had when I first watched it. Cause I was like, even with this Godzilla stuff, I'm like, Monarch would be all over this. But then when I watched it, it was like, Technically, they are. It's just that, Matt, like you know, Madison Russell and her group are doing their own little thing. Yeah. Because Kyle Chandler is like is part of Monarch now, and he's like they're dealing with it with the fallout. Like they're dealing with the fallout and like yeah. and like what. Which, by the way, I thought that was a, that was like a just a night. I just like that he showed up, and I and I like that they didn't like fully revert him because. You have to remember that's a character who who's been on both sides of this equation. Like he's kind of been like very wary of Godzilla, but then he's made peace with it. So I thought that actually Kyle Chandler played like that middle ground of like, like listen, like we got to take this seriously that Godzilla is going around hurting people. But he they didn't make him full on like ah oh, Godzilla we gotta kill him <laughs> like you know right, what like I mean they, like, like if you can tell it I mean again Chandler's like a professional like you can tell mm-hmm. he's kind of torn especially with how passionate his daughter is, even though she's been corrupted by those damn conspiracy theory podcasts. (laughs) So, okay. I got to talk about Brian Tyree Henry. I, I had a, I thought he was fun. I thought he was like a fun look, like that whole kind of little team Godzilla is like the cute, fun thing. That's good enough for me. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's a good thing when you can make conspiracy theories fun because <laughs> well, you know, but you know what makes it funny though is because it's like it, it always curbs it a little bit because it's like, well, like when you know it's like truthful, like at least in the in the conceit of the film, yeah, like you know that like you know the character is on to something. Like if they're making it about something serious, like <laughs> like actually something real world and serious, it's kind of annoying. But he's like his conspiracy is that this fake robot company is doing something shady with monsters. Well, I think, I think that actually is what the thing that helps most with it being the conspiracy theories, because look, listen, I'm going to be honest. The past year has made (laughs) the past year. Like I, as a, you know, a couple years ago, I was like, Oh, conspiracy theories are fun. You know, the moon landing didn't happen. That's funny. The last year has really been a blow to finding conspiracy theories fun because it's really not fun anymore. But the one thing that does help, this character and Bernie and this movie is that it's not governmental conspiracy. It's not like he's going after Monarch or he's going after the U S government that much. It is corporate conspiracy, which is a little bit better, at least to me personally. Well, And then I, I, the other thing that helps it too, is like, there's a, this kind of sense a couple times that he is like, would be on Monarch's side 
Yes. Like, you know, he's not you, you <clears throat> like the fact that like, <clears throat> excuse me, like those are like the little kind of pieces that I like that paid off from the monster verse in this movie. The fact that like you're Emma Russell's kid, like it's like, oh, like, you know, so he clearly like he's one of the people who thinks that she was a hero. Um, which is kind of funny when you think about it, because she got a lot of people killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know if, like, well, that would go down in history hero, that she but, did like, the right thing. He knows that she has knowledge, I think, is more so the thing. I don't know if, like, she next... I don't know if it never... Oh, knows. I think he was on... I think he was one of those people who was, like, on her side maybe with, with that but i one. definitely think is more excited that, like they did not cut the bleach drinking joke though which i thought was really funny i was like they had plenty of time to cut that one and they left that because here's the other little nitpick i have about the movie it is a movie that clearly had stuff cut out that is actually one of my number one notes there was definitely there's definitely characters and there's definitely things in the movie that were a little bit more fleshed out Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, getting into like, like Sarazawa's son was definitely. <laughs> All right, so do we just want to talk about that one? Was definitely a bigger character <laughs> at some point in the process. Hundred okay. percent. Here's my thing: Can we even say that Sarazawa's son? Can we even say that? I it's mean, not in the movie. Like, it's definitely like his last name is mentioned once, but you could really just say it's another. It's like another person named Sarazawa. Like, it's just so funny that like. That was one of those little things that, like, is documented as this is who this character is in the movie, but it's not in the movie, like, at all. It, right, it, it, there's, it like, no... generally play a role I, in I the think, film. I think they say his last name once, and if they yes. didn't say that, that you would just be like, okay, he's just another dude that wants to pilot. But that's, I, like, one of those things where I don't know if I can complain about that because it's not in the movie. Right, it's, like, it's just one of those weird things because, like, again, like, just, again, it's one of those things that... You know. Well, I think it's one of those things that we compl- like again. Like, it's not as if a general audience is really going to make that connection. Like, right. to be honest, so it's kind of like it's it's Schrodinger's Zerozawa. <laughs> like he both is and isn't in the movie. That's the conversation <laughs> about it. I love it. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so, but there's, but yeah, I think there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that, there's that's other, the big, that's the biggest one. That's the biggest that. one. I definitely think there's other elements like you know peppered throughout that like I probably would have been slightly more explored in in a larger movie. I would not be I would not be surprised if one of the notes was cut out more human stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't be surprised based off of that um, because there's also characters that were cut out of the movie too. Yes, because like, we were I supposed know, like, to get one of the. One of the characters from King of the Monsters was Doctor Chen. Come. Yeah, yeah, she was supposed to come back. Lance Reddick was supposed to have a way bigger role. Yeah, I, I actually um, read that one, where basically they said that like he was supposed to have a bigger role at the beginning, and then they just didn't meet the scene, so they like kind of just basically. Which is funny because then when he shows up in this movie, you're like, is that Lance Reddick? Yeah, <laughs> he's just like randomly in this movie. But if- um, but but going back to it, like I don't know, like so I I I enjoyed that character. He had a lot of like a lot of funny lines. I like that at the end. He's like, I I, I wrote. I wrote some of them down where he's like, like they're toward the end of the movie and he's like, well, looks like I'm going to die. I always thought I'd die with adults, but you know, like he just says, well, I think somebody's like, how far he's like, how far do you think this goes down? And he's like to hell. (laughs) 
like, I don't know. I, I had fun with that character. I, well, I think it's also, I mean, it, it, a real testament to it is the performance of uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. Um, because it's like, he just has sort of that charisma to be like that sort of humorous aspect of the film, right? Mm-hmm. Like he just has like the light stuff. And I think like also pairing him up with uh, Madison mm-hmm. was also just, that's a fun and, and I also and, thought and, Julian Dennison was fun. Oh, no, too. and I was going to say the three of them together, I think, yeah. make a really, again, you're kind of right, the ragtag group of, of people where it's just like they're, especially because they, you know, both teams get like wild things to see, but they kind of get the more technical stuff. And like, you know, they're, they're like going under this giant like monorail that goes halfway across the world. Like, that's just kind of like, do people know that like, this company just dug like this thing from Pensacola, Florida to Hong Kong. Like that's not a short route. It's not as no. if it's like, Oh, we're going across the country. That's like going through trenches and oceans and, and countries. That's like well, a big when they deal. were going as fast as they were going. I was like, would they have survived that? Like, right. But um, like, but, but there's like, just stuff like that. And they get to experience like skull crawlers, which I was happy to kind of make a little cameo in this. Movie I thought that was great. I, I was really happy that they, they made an appearance in, and then really like, because I, again, I understand it. Like they really, everybody is just in this movie to be the humans, to experience the plot. Right. Like other than a few choice key moments that have to happen in the movie where they take like some role in, I did like the whole thing where Julian Dennison is like, if we just like get the if we just get the right password, we can go in. We can like hack the satellite, and then the movie immediately realizes how stupid that is. No, you know he he just keeps. It's not as if he's a hacker. He just right. keeps he keeps guessing passwords until he's locked out. It's no different than me trying to get in your Amazon account right. and being like. And you tried too many times. You have to wait fifteen minutes. I thought, that was minutes. Funny. I, thought yeah. I, I love that. I thought, and then the fact that he like that he just dumped his, his thing of alcohol on it. I mean, the thing I is, thought that, like, I thought that again, was great. this is like a movie where it's everything's fine, but it's also the type of movie where two separate characters are kind of motivated by someone close to them having died in sort of a one of these sort of circumstances. Like, you know. Oh yeah, I guess Alexander Skarsgård's character died. Or his like his brother's character. his brother died, and then you know, uh, uh, Bernie had like his wife died. He just keeps her flask. Yeah, yeah. Like over there, so it's like one of those things. Um, I mean, in terms of like, because that's really the the story of the Godzilla side. And I want the other thing I was gonna say is that we do get the return of of Madison mm-hmm. Russell, and what I really liked about her is like, I like that she sort of took over the Sarah's like the the Sarazawa, like just you ha- we have to trust Godzilla. There's a reason for all this mm-hmm. character where it's like, you know, obviously if Sarazawa was still alive, like he would be that advocate and trying to figure out like why Godzilla is doing this, like kind of random attack on this, on his Florida town. Like, you know, when there's been peace where, where Madison, obviously it's like, she kind of, again, agrees with Bernie's podcast and everything, but she's kind of taken the initiative of like what Sarazawa would have done and been like, no, there's a reason all this is happening and we have to come to the truth of it, which I think was just a fun way to continue that element of, you know, Godzilla being like, you know, because it's something that she kind of halfway takes from, you know, she still has those elements of her mom where her mom, you know, genuinely believed in the monsters and being good while also having, you know, helped Godzilla at the end of King of the Monsters and just having sort of that natural, like even though she didn't know Zarazawa at all, so she still has that natural fight for Godzilla, which I thought was very fun. I mean, in some ways, she within these just these two movies, she's kind of become a little bit of the Miki 
Sagusa of these, yeah, of these films. For like, sure. I, there's just something inherently still, still like no when si- you, still no psychic powers. No, though. no. There, there's, there's just something inherently I find endearing about when you continue like a character in, in a role like this. It's just you, you just kind of it, I, I engage with it a little bit faster. I just think it's fun. It adds some longevity to it. And you know, it, is it a shorthand? Yeah, I think it is. But, um, but it also I think spoke to why probably if I had to pick out of Team Kong or Team Godzilla, why I was more entertained by Team godzilla because frankly it's based off of one character in a storyline that we've been more invested in and also just more those characters just have more personality than anybody on team kong does yeah which was a shame because like skarsgård starts off as kind of like this really nerdy character right and he kind of drops that as the movie goes on yeah because basically we we we, because i mean there's kind of other than the asshole Oh, Aiza Gonzalez, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, yeah, main, yeah. the main villain's daughter, essentially, is like, that's yeah. where she is. There's basically two kind of sides to the Kong side. There's Alexander's card guard, basically plays this kind of, this, you know, theorist on Hollow Earth, who they, his, he and his brother, like, his brother tried to, like, do an expedition into Hollow, like, the, the deeper of Hollow Earth, and, you know, prove Hollow Earth theory. And, like, you know, basically it was, like, tragically died that, like, gravity just slipped on them and they were basically crushed. He wrote a book on it. Nobody took it seriously. Thought it was basically, like, petty science fiction. And um, he's basically, like, slumming it up in, in the basement of, you know, like, a, a university. Like, he's a teacher at a university. doesn't get taken seriously. And then the the Cybernex company, Apex, right? Yeah. Uh, just make sure it was Apex. Apex come to him and are basically like, listen, we have the vehicles that can get you into hollow earth. We we want you to go explore and we need you to like to find something for us essentially. And so he goes back to an old colleague he has, which is Rebecca Hall's character. And Rebecca Hall's character is again, sort of this Jane Goodall of Kong been studying Kong for like, you know, five, 10 years at this point has been living on Skull Island. They built this containment unit to protect Kong from the elements so they can study him and protect him. And in the meantime of this, that storm has basically wiped out all those indigenous natives that we saw. The the Iwi, the Iwi tribe. The Iwi tribe, except for the one deaf little girl that Mm. that Rebecca Hall's character has adopted. Um, Gia is the girl's name. Gia, okay, yes. And so their whole thing is like he comes, Scar Cars comes to her. And it's basically like, we need to get Kong off this island. We need to get him into Hollow Earth to lead us into sort of like, you know, if, if he is like from, if, if our theories are correct, where all the monsters are originated from Hollow Earth, then his natural instincts should lead us to mm-hmm. Hollow Earth. And then as you said, like, Rebecca Hall's character has done studies on the island and she knows that there's some sort of ancient conflict between Godzilla's kind and Kong's kind. And her whole thing is like, if we take him off the island, you know, Godzilla's going to come after him because even we've, even if this, you know, if, even if this ancient rivalry isn't like really a big thing, there only can be one alpha monster, and Godzilla will immediately read that there's another alpha monster, and there's that instinctual thing that will come, and they will fight, and we need to protect Kong because, you know, just and, like this, and she's opposite as Zara. I don't let them fight. Right. Well, it's just like because I guess there's this idea where it's like just like with the girl she adopted, like he's the last of his species, that he's the last of 
any Kong and, you know, pretty much like kind of some of the last Titans that are still existing on the earth in this intervening time. So he needs to be protected, but eventually they come to the agreement that they need to take him and find this thing and protect. Mm-hmm. Cause again, it's like, this is where the thing where it's like, that's the thing where it's like all the other movies you kind of have, you know, if I was to say one more thing about this, the general nature of the human plot line stuff, it's like, you know, the other movies, it's like, you know, like with 2014, it's like, okay, Aaron Taylor Johnson's got to get back to his family. And then he's got to like, you know, protect the city in Skull Island. It's like, okay, we got to find our way off the Island and save Kong. And then um, the 2014, it's like the whole family storyline and sort of like protecting Godzilla versus, you know, letting the monsters go. Whereas this one, like kind of the main drive of that Kong plot line is literally just, we need Kong to help us. Like, there's really not like a bigger thing. It's, it's like, a plot. It's a plot-driven movie. Yeah, it's it's legitimately like Kong is our only hope because we really don't know what's going on with Godzilla. So right. if we lead him into the earth, maybe he finds something because he's our only hope. And that's like the one thing I guess. I, I mean, say. yeah, I know, I understand. Like, I, again, I, I get that. Like, if I, you peel back the layers of every single thing, it's it is a little silly. Like, it it it's all well, reverse engineered to get things where they need to go. I I just don't have an issue with that no i mean I, I i again i think it works for the movie i just think that that i mean it's just like again in all fairness a, yeah i get it, it's just in all fairness i think the yeah. other ones have been able to kind of do a little bit more beyond just the like we need we're going towards the monster it's like there's a little bit more drive and it's just sure, like i think you sure. could have done more stuff with with it and it's just like it, it, it's i think again it's fine that they don't i think the movie works with the way that it is it's just like i think it's yeah, just a I, I guess there there's some room that if like the story was more about like what we have to do like if there was some more conflict of like what well, we have to we can't keep kong here and then she's like conflicted about but i don't want to take him off and like maybe the story is more humanly about finding a place for him Whereas, like, I think that a lot of the whole Kong finding a home is played maybe not as much on the surface as it should be. Yeah. That's where I may meet you halfway on. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like it's hard because I I think it's something that, like, again, I sort of want to bring up in terms of just kind of being fair in terms of where it lies in the whole monster versus canon. I agree. And I, but I think that again, it's like we, some of that stuff is again elevated by what does happen with Kong. And again, the animation on Kong and the effects on Kong and just sort of the way that Kong acts in this movie, I think is just helps make that home. But I think you're exactly right that I think that if there was a little element of just like her part of the convincing is like, oh, like, you know, he can't stay here forever. You can't keep him in this dome. Maybe Hollow Earth is a place where he can kind of roam free. Mm-hmm. You know, like that sort of a I, thing. I did like the little kind of story bit where the theory is that Skull Island itself is a little bit of like what the hollow earth is, but just on the surface. Yes. Like that was a thing I did not kind of pick up until my second watch through. And I thought that was just kind of like a fun thing because it kind of explains why Kong, why Skull Island is so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why so is it? It's- so different from everything else on Earth, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I definitely like that. So anyway, all this kind of leads up to the first big fight of the film. <laughs> which is... Oh yeah. Oh, well, I, I, before man. that, right before that, that that's we do get the moment of we find out that Kong knows sign language, um, with with the with the little native girl, uh, Gia. You said her mm-hmm. name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one of the things where it's like the the whole thing, um, is. And I and I also kind of like that, just kind of the whole like 
you know, they, they connecting like, you know, with her being deaf and her whole having to have a more intimate connection with everything going on with the monsters. And it's mostly Kong, but there is that one moment where she like puts her hand on the wall and then she hears like the Godzilla orca, like yeah. grumble thing. And right. I, I just kind of like that. That's a little bit one of those, like, that's kind of like a theme that's like brought over from like all the other films about our connection with nature and things like right. that. Right. But I, and I, I just like that moment with, with the, between the two of them in the rain where she goes out and reveals that she has been knowledge. And then like Rebecca Hall's character is just shocked. And I just like that always sort of awe where it's just like when he's, when he's saying like, cause that's a real moment where we, we find Kong is talking about home mm-hmm. and Kong is talking about like, you know, he wants to go home or find a home and that kind of, you know, continues to be a big part of Kong's story from there. But yes, eventually what they were saying is true. They're kind of discussing like how they're going to get him to the this base that they're going to. And then Godzilla comes into, because con- the old thing too is that they're avoiding Godzilla waters. They're avoiding like all the waters that Godzilla is known to be around, but Godzilla has found them and is there to fight Kong because you know, you know, there's no other signs of this other mysterious thing that he's attacking. And he has the sense of like, there's this instinctual rivalry. There's this instinctual thing that we have. I have to be the alpha creature. There's the other alpha creature. So they have the big tanker battle that we know. And I mean, this is just the first scene that delivers. I mean, it's just from, from moment one, from moment one between these two, because it's like you initially have it where, Kong is chained up, so Godzilla basically gets that initial advantage, and the the battleships are kind of exploding and just you know just kind of reminiscent of like early 2014 Godzilla that sort of stuff. I also did not like I did not know how much I wanted Shark Godzilla, mm. like that. There's like this kind of Shark Jaws quality to Godzilla, which I thought was really. We do just... get to basically see yeah like full on swimming Godzilla, which we kind of call a little bit in King of the Monsters, but like really not in a battle sense. Like a little bit of battle sense, but not really. But this one, it's like Godzilla is really taking advantage of himself as like kind of this, you know, this kind of amphibious creature to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was great. And then the big question is, I, I know the audience is wondering this: Does it make sense that they're on these uh, these boats? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no and i'll do you one better at one point kong mario's over yes! a bunch yes! of different boats <laughs> that, that was one of those big moments where i just started laughing and like kind of glee when kong just literally you jumped. just have to accept the movie at that point like it's kong like is jumping from from battleship to battleship just landing on each one of them and it should be like, made clear not from one boat to another boat he jumps off one boat off of another boat yes. onto the third boat. Yeah, he's basically, yeah, Mario long jumping, basically. That's what he's doing. So that happens in the movie, and I was like, that's excellent. That's right. wonderful. But it's great because it's like, you know, Godzilla tries to drown Kong, and Kong basically fights his way back up, and they're, you know, like Kong roars down, and Godzilla charges up from the water. It's just, again, a visual splendor of the two of them. Um, At one point, like, you know, Kong, like, headbutts Godzilla. That's really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a good round one, right. I, it's, I think. It's in, yeah. You know, and it's a mono mono that Godzilla does eventually come out on top. He does eventually come well, out on top. Well, it makes it, like, that was the other thing, like, I, and I was a little bit surprised. It makes it, like, 
very clear like who like who is superior mm-hmm. like you know and, and it's like you know it's kind of like man what's gonna like how is kong gonna beat this guy like yeah. especially because it's not like and that's another big thing about the movie that like i think makes it good is like there really is no dumb reason why they're fighting like i mean i guess people could call it dumb but it's more of like well no they're both alpha predators and we've set up these movies where that's how the rules work yeah and that's what's happening so the fact that like there is no other like force it's literally like no godzilla is gonna come beat you up it makes him even more terrifying it's a direct continuation of the king of the monsters it's everything Mm -hmm. that happened to king of the monsters just between these two creatures it's what godzilla was in that movie and it's kind of what Kong was in his movie, that he was a dominant force, tried to be a dominant force over the skull crawlers and like the other monsters of his island. And now it's two of the two biggest ones. And we see that like, yeah, Kong can throw a punch. Kong can definitely do a little bit of damage. But at the end of the day, Godzilla is going to overpower them. But they get away because Kong is basically passed out to a degree. And they're convinced that like, okay, well, if we convince you know, they shut off all the battleships, they shut off all the power of the engines, and basically if we can convince Godzilla that we're dead in the water, then he just is going to leave. There's no reason for him to do any overkill on us. And so that it works, that Godzilla basically sees Kong is down, all the other ships are basically off, and he's basically like, okay, I'm going to continue on with my life. And, and some of the some of these, like, this close-up shots on Godzilla were pretty dope. Oh yeah, just like just like him peeking out of the water. That that was really, that was really good. Um, and then I know you love that they're like, well, we can't we we can't turn the ships back on because then we're going to, you know, he's going to come back. And then when he said, "How does God? How does Kong feel about heights?" Did you know what was coming? I was like, it's definitely not going to be as cool as the up balloons from the original King Kong versus Godzilla. But yeah, it was like, okay, they're going to like do the whole like they're going to helicopter him in. I thought that was a fun little reference. It's a fun little reference because it's definitely something that happens a lot in those in both of those Japanese Godzilla films. Because it Mm -hmm. also basically also happens in uh, 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 King Kong Escapes because you Mm -hmm. like that's how they transport him. That's how Doctor whatever his doctor whatever his face is um so they basically take him to the arctic and i thought there was some fun moments here where like like kong is like looking at like snow for the first time like he like Mm -hmm. lifts the snow up and then basically the their whole pitch is like okay well he's got to go we got to follow him into hollow earth we got you know we've got these ships can apparently go through hollow earth now you know that are going to be safe that are not going to be able to handle whatever gravitational yeah what did what did you think about the fact that like now this is the movie where it's like really getting like sci-fi tech and futuristic tech i realized i very quickly realized that i'm kind of always down for a journey to the center of the earth type of movie and i include like like I kind of include like offshoot like Jewelford, like obviously the original, like the 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 actual Journey to the Center of the Earth, which is definitely all very inspired by, and also Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea to a degree. It's not like the same thing, but they also kind of going into the depths, and maybe, maybe that is why I've actually had a fascination with the core all these years, because it is like a general Journey to the Center of the Earth type of movie. But right. I really just like the moment where. So I want to get to this first before I actually talk about that moment, but. You know, one of the things is, like, um, they have to convince him to be like, okay, maybe, you know, he has to find home. And then basically, you know, 
she is talking to Rebecca Hall. She has a character name. I'll just call her Rebecca Hall. Uh, and you know they're like back and forth sign languaging, and he's basically like, "Well, like, will he find home?" And Rebecca's well, like, "I don't know. Will his family be there? I don't know. I would hope so." And then Gia kind of like exaggerates to Kong slightly, and just basically says, "Your family may be there. It may be home, essentially." And then Kong immediately is like, "Oh, well, I guess I better look into this." And now we get to this moment. Like, I love this where like Kong's just swinging on in like into the earth which I thought was just super fun visually. Like he's super like just going into the earth, uh, like swinging just like any other kind of ape or monkey that we've ever seen. They're following behind. And then they basically at the end, it's just like, there's legitimately just like, like a portal. Like that's like legitimately like what it is. It's literally like, I obviously it's like kind of more like they're going through energy or something, but it literally just looks like, Hey, we're going through a portal into like another world. And I thought like the visualness of them, like, going into it with the ship with like the white light and like kind of pushing out was kind of really cool. And I just think the visual nature of like them going deeper and deeper into the earth. I just, again, I just kind of so, have a, a love for it. One of the reasons this threw me is like, cause I was a little unclear. Cause I, for some reason thought like we did the hollow earth thing in the last movie, but apparently not. Apparently that was just kind of like more of a sunken underground civilization that gave more credence to the hollow earth theory right so this was the movie where we were going into the hollow earth and the thing that threw me was like all right i'm into that but the fact that it's like this 2001 portal that like transports you into this interdimensional pocket of reality was like whoa yeah, the movie's going for well, it. I, again, I think it's like one of the things where like each of the movies have kind of had their theories about Hollow Earth. Like that's the thing about like the reason, you know, the quote unquote reason they were going to Skull Island was to study Hollow Earth theory. Like one of the things in the year 2014 where they were in that trench and there's that kind of just general theory of just like there's stuff underneath the earth that we don't know about in 2014, like that civilization. But this is like the actual legitimate like we're going deeper into Hollow Earth than we've ever really known before type mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, I thought and and I, I thought the Hollow Earth was cool. I mean, now that I I, I kind of heard the piece of exposition where it's like, well, Skull Island is a bit of the Hollow Earth, so like kind of like the Hollow Earth is a little bit more reminiscent of the Skull Island um, mm-hmm. world that we that we know of. And there's um, still like other monsters living down there. Like there's yeah like, yeah like, the, the the war bats. The yeah. those were cool. I thought where like it like a like it kind of eclipses Kong and kind of like you know covers him and then the ships kind of save him and there's like different like gravity things which is where the first mission went wrong is there's like an immediate shift in gravity and everybody's kind of falling and kong's kind of falling but then even like kong is like trying to like get to like he's kind of like following sort of an instinctual path and he like jumps from like uh, he jumps from like a cliff onto kind of this floating asteroid that's kind of maybe filled with the oh energy. yeah it, it's a it's mario galaxy rules yeah Kong does uh, a lot of Mario stuff in this in this film. Yeah, for sure. It's very just put a yellow put a put a red hat on him or put a yellow uh, hat make him Wario. I don't know. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I thought I thought all that stuff was fun and I thought just tonally, I thought just like visually it was it was just kind of cool to see. You know, it is like the most kind of like oh kind of like interesting little journey to the center of the earth detour that the film takes but like really if you kind of look at it all as like this is the culmination of the kong storyline is like this is where he's from it plays like really well i think mm-hmm. um but yeah i thought i thought that was cool and i'm also i'm always kind of impressed by these little creatures that they add yeah in, just in to like films. the regular little 
things, which is like, again, like always fit within the, within the calling universe. Cause even if they're not exactly like dinosaurs, it's just kind of always fit with, and that's one of the things that connects it with Kong is that, you know, Kong's not the only kind of weird thing on his Island that there's, you know, in the traditional stories, there's like dinosaurs and stuff. But in, in this one, it's like, there's kind of, you know, whether it's skull crawlers in skull Island, or it's like these kind of winged bats in hollow earth or like stuff that he fights, like even within the beginning of the movie, you know, we kind of see a little bit of that too. And like that initial, that initial uh, opening, but eventually mm. we'll just go, with, we'll just continue with this Kong stuff from the moment where he eventually finds himself in this kind of ancient throne room, which was sick. I mean, I've got to say like, and he literally like he, then he finds a, again, like we, he finds sort of this sort of like um, axe. Yeah, axe it, with, yeah. I was going to say an axe with like the Godzilla, the old Godzilla, like spinal Spine, dorsal. Yeah. yeah. But he he lifts it up like it's Excalibur, like he pulled the sword from the stone. He literally like pulls it out of this rock and is just like, I have the power. And and this is probably like the moment where I, I'll bring up Junkie XL's score. It, 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 th- this movie has a pretty good score. Like, I mean, I've been listening to it. Um, specifically, the Kong theme stuff is really good. But one of the things I liked about this moment was that it's like that very like kind of like masters of the universe tron synthy like uh mm-hmm. flash gordon s score like going on to it that just really worked i really loved it and like it, it just gave this tone of like oh he's home in this kind of like really kind of like primal royal place and you're right like the fact that he been, i was just kind of thrown how satisfied i was with this moment i was like mm-hmm. man it's like i mean i liked kong skull island a lot but i didn't know i like cared about kong this much and so i was like i I, I thought that was really cool it's just cool it's a cool moment to see him lift this thing and then like sit on the throne as if it was an again a natural instinct that this was him rediscovering his own culture and his own past and like this sort of thing where you know like you know where however they him and his family got up to skull island that this is where his this is his ho- this is his home and it's like kind of a nice moment mm-hmm. um before we talk about so, the end of that sequence we do got to go back to what's going on up i was on gonna the say surface. meanwhile on the surface so to to get to the thing that we've been teasing this entire time so basically what happens with our with 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 team godzilla with the godzilla crew is they're going back into you know uh, Bernie was trying to at the beginning of the movie when Godzilla was attacking, he was hacking into, um, <coughs> excuse me, he was hacking into the Apex systems, and then he was interrupted by Godzilla, and he finds this mysterious project, sub level thirty three or whatever, and so don't you mean pro like project secret projects project project secret projects yeah. exactly, <laughs> that's a reference yeah um. So basically they go like Matt once Madison and her buddy come in there, they both are like, we have to go back and figure it out. So they go back, they investigate the, the destroyed area. They eventually kind of go down to the sub level where they're trying to figure out, you know, they're trying to you go back to the place where the, the real mysterious thing that Bernie saw was, and it's not there anymore, but they go down to 33, they discover a bunch of skull crawler eggs. And they're like, what is, what is apex doing with skull crawlers? Then the monorail that goes all the way to underground throughout the entire world, you know, takes them to Hong Kong, which is like the apex main place. And so they're released and the skull crawlers are released in their little area where they find. 
and they're like running away and it's you know they're about to get attacked by the skull crawler but they are saved because this is actually a testing ground for none other <laughs> than mecha godzilla <laughs> or uh, just like again one of those weird cute moments where it's like okay it's like it's a robo godzilla so this to me is what's actually a dumb moment like this to me is stupid like it in like a i don't know if this was the best i'll accept it because it's kind of like still funny to me yeah. but birdie's like it's a robot it's a robot godzilla and then julia dennison's like no it's mecha godzilla and i'm like Nobody knows what Mecha Godzilla is. He says it as if like that is like a real world reference. Well, I think the the idea is he somehow knows that it's like being piloted, so it's a mech. I I just think I, if I'm gonna be I mean, honest, it's, it's I, dumb. I think it's a little it, too cute. It, it, it's one of the there's a handful of those cute lines in the film where it is more for the audience than it doesn't make any sense in the in the reality of the like at one point like you know somebody's like well i guess round one goes or round two goes to kong it's like why would he say that <laughs> so like but there's a part of there's a humor to it that it brings me that i'm fine with but if i had to actually like be like give a note i'm like just just say it's Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Like just have Bernie say like it's a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> right. Or just have a character call it Mecha Godzilla. Or but, being, yes. Or or have it a little more like where he's like, no, it's not a robot, it's a mech. Someone's piling it. It's a mecha godzilla. Right, something, right. Something a little bit more like that as opposed to just being like, Oh no, it's not robot godzilla, it's mecha godzilla. So, so first off, fun to see the scroll crawlers again. I'm yes. glad that that was like kind of like a little another payoff that came up because it also makes sense that they would be studying, they would be using skull crawlers because skull crawlers are essentially the velociraptors of the monster verse. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the worst kept secret is that it, it's, it's Mecha Godzilla. And then it was just kind of like, even though I knew it was coming, it was kind of like, yep, we got him. Yeah, I was, I was just waiting for the actual big reveal. Uh-huh. That you kind of just get the sense of like there definitely is something more and just like kind of the feeling that like everybody the way that everybody kind of was like the general feeling and just the things you were seeing. It's like it's definitely like a Mecha Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Um so thoughts on the design. So I, I've been thinking a lot about this one where I think it's a it, it's a it's a tale of two opinions I have on it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's what I'll say. But it is one of those things where I think it's a slave to the mentality of like, what would a real world version of this look like? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it does work very well in action for like, to justify like it, it, what it can do in the field and its abilities and how it moves. Yeah. Like, I like that. It, um, if I had to quibble, I still think the ready player one version of like, just how that design looks like, where it just kind of looks like more of like a traditional row, like Mecha Godzilla. Mm -hmm. I still prefer that. Um, but I didn't really have any issues with it. I think like more, the conversation probably gets a little bit more nuanced if I had to compare it to other ones, but I, I liked it like in, I liked it kind of like as a character in the movie. Like I liked 
like its whole deal and what it was able to do. And I liked it as a force to, yeah. to be defeated. Like, but I could quibble about the design. Yes. Um, so like, like Mr. Like Mr. Uh, like, uh, like connect, like robot grabby hands, <laughs> like Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first CG Mecha Godzilla, but not counting the anime movies. Or and what? Not, and and not counting Ready Player One. And not counting like in, in terms of an actual Godzilla movie. In terms of an actual Godzilla movie, yes, this is the first. This is the first one, at least I'm okay. aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So first off, my first thought with the design actually was like, oh, it's Mecha Godzilla, if it were a Terminator exoskeleton. Yes. Because it has like the red and just the very metallic look to it. Like I immediately mm. think of like you know, when Arnold's face is, like, ripped off in, like, that, you know, his skin is all melted off in that first Terminator movie. Like, that's what I thought. Um, I'm kind of also of two minds about it where I'm just, like, you know, it's it's very much, like, kind of the modern kind of sleek design, you know, a little bit, like, you know, using the red and using the, the you know, kind of, like, kind of has a very sleek design, which is, like, again, kind of par for the course on, like, what these types of movies do. Mm-hmm. with with like that stuff but at the same time like i did like that it kind of incorporated what that original mecha godzilla had which is just like it just has a full-on like crazy arsenal of like everything it has mm-hmm. you know it has like the beam it has missiles it has like fast movement it can like move like up stuff throughout its body like i did really like that and i and i agree with you too that i really thought it functioned well within you know the action when it does eventually fight kong and godzilla like I thought that it was well, it was a good matchup, and they used it as a good matchup. And I think some of the stuff they did with it in those fights was just super fun. I'm not never gonna. I'm not gonna say I, I still really hold myself to the original Mecha Godzilla, like the first movie Mecha Godzilla, both in design and in function, and like that battle is still the best of Mecha Godzilla. But I very much, you know, as a Mecha Godzilla fanboy. I gotta say, I very much enjoyed the appearance, and I very much enjoyed the use of Mechagodzilla in this movie. I, I mean, this was the thing where I was like, toward the end of this movie, when it was Godzilla fighting Mechagodzilla, I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Right, exactly. I mean, there's a, there's a goddamn beam battle in this movie. Yes, yes, there's a straight-up just beam. Uh, there's a Dragon Ball-style beam battle, and it's but- great. Yeah, so I think more of any nitpicks I would have would be in the actual visual aesthetic design yeah. of it. But I did, ultimately, I did like that, you know, it had like, you know, it, it, it was able to like, it's got weapons coming out. It's got these jets that make it move around. It can like, kind of like, like wiggle. It's it's like arms around its head to like, but it was like the ultimate Godzilla. Like it basically was doing all these things Godzilla couldn't do. Yeah, and that that that's what I had yeah. liked about. I, it. I I I in general, I give it a thumbs. As a Mecha Godzilla fan, I give it a thumbs up. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I give agree. it a thumbs up. And the especially other- in watching it a second time, I was like way more. Not right. that I wasn't unfavorable towards it, but it, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're getting into like the kind of final battle, but I I do want to talk about since we're talking about Mecha Godzilla, the other thing that happens with mecha godzilla mm-hmm. is oh yes yes so basically the whole purpose so basically they're doing these tests on mecha godzilla they're fighting the skull crawlers and it demolishes it but the problem that they're having in terms of apex so mecha godzilla in this movie as it presented is is an actual mech it's it's someone like controlling it and the way they're controlling it is 
So the Serizawa Sun character, Shonjiro Serizawa, is inside the Ghidorah head, the cutoff Ghidorah head from the post credit scene of King of the Monsters. And awesome, the whole, by the way. Uh, incredible. Because the whole thing is that they're connecting, like, the, you know, they're like, Ghidorah, ca- you know, communicated through, like, psychic, you know, telekinesis. Mm-hmm. And so we're basically kind of, you know, using the brain as a central computer, connecting it to the Serizawa brain, connecting it to, to Mechagodzilla. So it's like a remotely piloted by way of, you know, telekinesis. But the problem they're having is it just any sort of natural or, or electrical earth source of energy, it drains like instantly. Like you can only do the beam for like a really short amount of time before the entire Mechagodzilla is just drained of energy. So the real reason that they sent them into hollow earth, the, the, the Kong crew, is that they're looking for kind of the hollow earth energy, basically this kind of hidden energy within hollow earth to kind of recreate on earth which i also really like because what ends up happening is that kong down below like uses the godzilla um you know the scale to basically he puts it on the ground and basically charges up all the energy around this throne room and then evil corporate businesswoman person she like gets these little spider mechs and they take a sample out of it but it isn't as if they're like oh and then we're going to take the sample back and it's going to to charge everything no they literally send them like they data they just analyze the sample and like oh we'll just recreate this on the surface we're just going to recreate like this energy oh, source those were the levels of like you, you just got to go along no of course thing. yes yeah. but i'm just i love it so basically what happens though is and as far as i can tell they, they end up getting this energy source like and they kind of recreate it and they imbue it into the mecha godzilla and you know and then there's the whole fight where like the main you know, Winston, you know, Mr. Winston or whatever, like the main leader of Apex is like, you know, he's kind of obsessed with like, we need to get on humanity back on the Alpha and Predator and our Mechagodzilla will do that. So he's just like, fuck it, like get back in there. And, you know, Sarah's always like, I don't know if we should do this. You know, we haven't really tested it. Like get in there eventually. Which is also funny because since they don't reveal who this character is, when that character is like, it's like, well, I don't know about this. This is power we don't understand. You, even me as an audience, like, who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why are we Why are we giving this guy lines? <laughs> yeah. So basically, he goes back in. They put in the energy source. Uh-huh. And the best way, essentially the best way to describe it is that essentially, like, the spirit of Ghidorah <laughs> is imbued into Mechagodzilla. So it basically like kills Schroeder Zerazawa, just kills him outright. And then the Mechagodzilla starts moving on its own, basically as like Ghidorah's controlling it outright. Like the the Ghidorah brain is controlling it outright and just, you know, obliterates. Or at, or at least is giving it the sentience that right. it allows yeah, exactly. it to be a villain. Yeah, exactly. That, and then, I, I had the same exact thought. I was like, that's incredible. That is so just Showa-era nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's so Showa-era nonsense. It's crazy. And I love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. I love that that's the direction we're taking where it's like, oh, by the way, the big psychic space dragon from the last movie, its skull and its brain. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> never heard Ghidorah described that way the magic psychic space dragon yeah this is the, ma- the big giant magic psychic space dragon from the last movie you know it's dead brain and it's skull essentially takes over this giant robot it's crazy good 
So and, then- I, and, I, and again, I just loved that like and in you know and tonally and even performance wise that was just a nice little moment where everybody's like that's monster zero and then madison goes like Ghidorah, like and it just kind of like i just love that you go because yeah. you know it just calls back to the last film and i like ba- it and i'm an easy lay like yeah that. and then basically it's just like mecha godzilla with that you know Ghidorah induced spirit like basically kills the leader of the company as he's monologuing but this is all kind of set up for the ending what we also got to talk about what may be legitimately the coolest badass part of this movie where, okay. So Godzilla, you know, senses that Mechagodzilla is. I, I think this may be, if I'm right, the part you're about to describe may be the thing where I'm like, everybody is wrong. So Godzilla senses that Mechagodzilla has awakened again and starts heading to Hong Kong. And then Monarch's like, Oh, Godzilla suddenly changed course. He's going to Hong Kong for some reason. And so, you know, Kyle Chandler and everybody rush over there. So Godzilla gets to Hong Kong, you know, they're evacuating everybody and he starts stepping on land. But then he like senses, he's like, something's like, uh, like he basically kind of starts sensing something and he starts looking at the ground. And at this point, um, uh, Kong uses the, the, the axe and he activates kind of like this ancient kind of like, right. That's what all I, was I could say is like hollow earth technology where it like powers up the core of the hollow earth. Right, like, and that's where they got the energy, and so then it's basically like there's stuff going on down there where it's again, you know, evil businesswoman person betrays everybody. Who, by the way, she's also the daughter of the main villain, quote unquote, guy. But again, that really doesn't matter. You know, she like basically like, okay, we got the energy. It's it's property of Apex now. Let's get the fuck out of here. They kind of fly off. A bunch of bats fly down from the ceiling. Beaked beaked bats is what I called them. I like that you thought they were bats, but they were also kind of like parrots too. Like I, I just. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When they're like, because they're starting to eat people, and you see they're like like birds with bat wings essentially. But that's the moment where like you know they try to escape. You know the the good crew like you know Rebecca Hall, her her adopted daughter, and Alexander Skarsgård. Like they're kind of trying to escape. That's when you know, Kong just crushes that woman in her hands. But essentially, like, he, you know, Godzilla senses that he's activated this energy and kind of figures out what's happening. And he he basically aims his beam directly at the ground and just starts wailing. He just starts, like, going completely, like, just ham, shooting this beam straight down, which eventually creates a hole all the way down into that throne room, all the way through the earth, all the way through hollow earth, all the way into that throne room. And you get this moment where Kong and Godzilla are like looking at each other through this gigantic hole. And God, God, Kong's just, uh, Godzilla's just like roaring down. Kong is just like roaring up and eventually he takes the axe and starts climbing all the way no, up. No, 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 because for him, he just jumps into the hole. Oh, right. Yeah, because it's on the other. You're right. That's right. <laughs> he like, I like, dude, okay. Yeah, he I jumps lost out it. and he's like, yeah, he's like holding on to the earth and he's making his way up to Hong Kong. I, I lost it at this point because you're right. Like, essentially, all you can describe it as Godzilla, because. Okay, like seriously, I like it because I kind of like this sense that it's another example about how Godzilla is the one who's more in tune with nature and with the earth. So like when God's when Kong is like messing with the like the the power source in the hollow earth, Godzilla senses that. And then so I like that as a serious point as a completely lizard brain person. 
he you could only describe it as the fact that Godzilla essentially drills a hole to the center of the earth and then when he's done looks down it and roars at Kong and they both roar at each other it's and so... Kong's like I'm on my way and then he jumps down and then they're in the little plane and then they're like all right let's go after him there's so much <laughs> about this moment that just rules like one you're right it's just Godzilla looks down, roars. Kong looks like, you know, looking down, roars. That they can see each other all the way through the earth. Then the other thing I'm thinking about, like, one, now there is just this giant fucking hole in Hong Kong. Like, that goes not just, like, deep, you know, it's all the way through the earth. And then I'm thinking, like, you know, Monarch had to go all all this trouble of building this base in the Arctic and, like, going into the earth. And they have to build these special ships to go through the energy field. And then basically it's just, like, they literally, like, there's a direct service now. There's a direct hole from Hong Kong. Now, here is one of the things where I would assume that another person would say, like, this is why this movie is dumb. Like, this is why this is a stupid movie. This doesn't make any sense. Whereas I a lizard brain person would be like, I was thinking up until this point, like, man, they're really in this hollow earth thing. Like, how are they going to get back to the surface so quickly to like fight for the end of the movie? Like, I, cause I know that's going to happen. And when the answer is, Oh, Godzilla just blows a hole through the center of the earth. I'm like, good. Love it. Absolutely. It's a, like, again, like, <laughs> that's it's the in, answer. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. And I'm like, I'm on your side. Like if you don't find this incredible, then like, I don't know. I don't know what, I mean, you know, again, it's your right to that opinion. I just can't help you. Like I can't help you at that point. <laughs> and, and all of this leads to a, leg- a legitimate wrestling match. This like this is, is incredible. Kong is it's jumping. Awesome. Kong is jumping out buildings, giving Superman punches and drop kicks. Like they're just throwing each other around into buildings. We got we got the the stick th- into the mouth. Yes, we got we got that. I, and I love like these little like these little bits where Kong is just doing everything to make sure that he doesn't let that Godzilla doesn't let off an atomic breath. Mm-hmm. Like he's just always like got like he's like oh like it's like nope gotta punch you in the head before you do that oh punch gotta like head, you know, yeah punch you him in the head like. grab the jaw and everything which we've again kind of seen throughout these movies and it's so and that's why it really reminds you of the Showa era because it's so fast and so vicious and it's yes. just so and again un, you can tell uh, that unrelenting it's almost like again like the Showa era because with the Showa era you know it's it's you know people it is people in suits so there is a sense of it being like inspired by human fighting like you know even going back to that very first fight with uh you know got back in godzilla and Giris, like the first monster fight you can tell it's very much like inspired by wrestling and that kind of continues throughout that original series that you can just kind of tell that there's a lot of like yes there are monsters and there's beams and there is kind of this magical thing but also because they're human in suits they're legitimately like punching and tackling and doing like wrestling moves to each other. And that's what I loved about this last fight. And you're right. It's so show era. It's a quick, it's fast pace. It's, you know, going all over the place. And it's just like legitimate, like there's punching again, there's like punching, there's legitimate, like fighting moves in it. And again, and again, I, I, I don't have the criticism to the point that like other people do, but even I have to just say it's just a fulfilled, legitimate monster fight. It is. That doesn't, you know, we're not cutting it to anything else. We're focused, like the scene in this section of the movie is all about this fight. Yeah, because it was, 
like it to the fact that like literally like you almost would assume like there's there's a couple shots in this where you think that you would be like kong versus godzilla ready fight <laughs> like there's a couple like, just like, like scenes set up like just visually that way <laughs> remember like when i showed you dragon ball super broly and in the soundtrack like when goku's about to fight broly and they're like kakarot yeah 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 like you get that sense it's like supposed to be like that legitimately like you know this is a big part of that and then and then there's also just kind of like these little kind of story beats too like where kong finds out that the axe like absorbs the beam and and little things like that like you know he's finding out that's like a little advantage that he has yeah and, like to... it absorbs it and like yeah powers it up even more it kind of recharges him which is a nice plant in the fight for something awesome that happens later dude too. also at one point godzilla gets a gets a gets a shot off on kong and then laughs there's like a close-up of him and godzilla's like, <laughs> like right because even like this is awesome even at the beginning because we've talked about like there's like moments where just like the very beginning of the fight when kong finally makes his way up like godzilla turns around and is that's like legitimately like what the fuck are you doing here like you know godzilla because you got to remember like and this is the body language things like godzilla legitimately at this point is like reading this like mecha godzilla thing and that's his main concern that there is something you know new and like kind of like you know maybe he reads it as a human whatever like he's reading something like that is a threat that i need to get rid of and kong is in the middle of this being like you know kong is like trying to get revenge and trying to you know you know now he's kind of imbued with the with the kind of knowledge of his ancestors and this axe and godzilla is literally like like trying like he's enjoying the fight but he's kind of like dude like i have more important things to do at this point dude i, I i'm sorry i like i'm i agree with everything you're saying but i I don't think I can stress enough how awesome no, all it's, of this is. No, it's so much it's fun. It's so good. Because I remember, because initially, this is what I was going to say. Like, initially, like, I wish there was, like, this is, like, one. Initially, there was one of the few moments where I wish there was a, some sort of monarch presence. Because, you know, you don't even get, like, a, any cut to being, like, you know, oh, my God, it's Kong. Like, it's just a fight starts happening. Like, Kyle Chandler only reacts to Mechagodzilla later and not, like, Kong. But then I'm, like, you know what? No, the fact that they're just really giving this, like, the time and attention that there is really no – during that fight specifically, there's very little cutting to the other human plot lines. Well, it, well, even... it is, like, a big – just brawl between these two monsters even when it ends and it's all like that whole thing i joked about where it's like well i guess round two goes to kong then there's really just a brief scene and then you're back to round three essentially um and that's really so that's really cool and then and then it ultimately culminates in this way that really surprised me that i liked a lot was that godzilla ultimately does win the fight and i love this moment where Godzilla basically just reveals himself like that he is cool with the stay down win mm -hmm. like and it's kind of that little subtle code thing that he has because obviously Godzilla is not above killing like another monster yeah but he is also very satisfied with the just stay down and yeah. accept that because he's the, the monsters like he legitimately just beats Kong down and like steps on his chest which and, you know he could crush based yeah, off of how right, he like, beat Ghidorah the last movie. And you got to think you about know like he could just kill him that right then and there. Like you think about think about the Mutos too. Like what's the big thing about that Muto fight? Like the end of it is is that big reveal of the the, the atomic breath, and it's just like he just basically 
shoots his atomic breath directly into the Mudo's mouth and just decimates it. And that's almost what you're kind of expecting, right? Because even that perspective is like he's on top of him and you can just see like, oh, he's go, you know, he could like do his atomic breath here. But he basically is like he steps on the chest. He looks Kong straight in the eye and is basically like, you know, we're done. Like, that's it. That I roar when they both roar at each other. Right. And there's other moments. And that was a, that was a great kind of like, because when I watched uh, 2014, because the, he does a lot of that really long roar, Godzilla. Yeah. So the fact that like, I like that they kind of like do that again. And then Kong just yells back at him. I also thought it was cool that Kong dislocated his shoulder. Yes. That was also a fantastic moment when later when he has to like re put in the shoulder, which we'll get to, but there's also moments too. Like when Godzilla is like scratching all his claws into Kong's chest too. Brutal. And, and Kong is just like slugging it, trying to use the ax in his fist throughout the fight. But yeah, no, but Godzilla definitively wins. And though he does, like the thing is, is like, he does essentially say that stay down. He doesn't kill Kong outright, but Kong is kind of dying from his injuries in this fight that we find out his heart's slowing down, which is at this point where Kong is down. Godzilla has like won the day and he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of tuckered out from this fight too, as much as he is. And that's when that, you know, Ghidorah infused Mecha Godzilla finally rises out of the ground. And we get, we get a, we do get a good Kyle Chandler. Like, what the hell is that now? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that going on? There's a lot in the third act of what is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's reacting to Mecha Godzilla. just like, what the hell is that? Because it's a giant, robot godzilla like that's what it is you know it's funny because you would be surprised but you can't be that surprised right well i think it's also because like if we think about previous mecha godzillas like it's because the previous mecha godzillas were like the original one the showa era mecha godzilla was built by aliens yes and then the other mecha godzillas are all built by the government that they're all basically public projects so basically, this is like, you know, you know, basically, if like a government, if like a cybernetics company was secretly building a giant robot Godzilla, and then you saw it pop up, like, it would be like, the fuck is that? Like, why did someone build a giant I, robot I, Godzilla? And I think in my conversations about Godzilla, I say that like, only the alien version of a Mecha Godzilla, quote unquote, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Every version where a human makes Mecha Godzilla is dumb. Because it's like, why would you just make, like, why wouldn't you just make a giant robot human? Like, why would you make a giant Mecha Godzilla? You know why? Because it's awesome. No, it's that's perfect. Why. That's so, why it's, it's great. But anyway, they start duking it out. And that's when I really start losing my mind. Yeah. I'm like, no way we're watching this happen. And he's beating the snot out of Godzilla. Which is kind of funny because, like, it's really the first time in these movies that you've seen him really get it handed to him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because it's like we do get little bits of, like, you know, when he's kind of somewhat overtaken by the Mudos and somewhat, like, with the Ghidorah stuff when he's kind of, like, you know, you know, that's a tough fight, but it's really, again, the Oxygen Destroyer is what ultimately puts down Godzilla. But the fact that, like, Mecha Godzilla, you know, Godzilla just went through this brutal beatdown and then Mecha Godzilla's coming in with him with, with his own beam and... It's with his own beam and with like all these like missiles and other little gadgets throughout his body. And like, he can like just move so quickly. Oh, the drill tail, the drill tail that like that comes up. And then also on top of all that being imbued with that chaotic Ghidorah spirit. And just like that idea, this is like, it's just going to, for the kill on Godzilla. It's just, it, it, it brings out like the best of, of all this yeah, stuff too. I, I, I just thought that was great. And then, 
And then, so, you know, eventually, you know, so they, then they revive Kong. Right. So basically um, like little girl. In, in, a, in a fun little payoff way that, you know, I, I have a soft spot for where, you know, Aiza Gonzalez is being an asshole and it's like, oh, like, you know, these, these uh, planes or these hover devices, they like have like this much energy to, to power Las Vegas. And then like, they call back to that. And we're like, wait a minute, we could actually use that to re as basically a defibrillator. And Cause we figure do. out that Kong's heart is slowing down. Cause you know, the Gia feels the ground and like his heart's going down. And then again, like I do like the connection between those two characters. You know, I think uh, you do feel something a little bit for them, but basically I, like, I thought, wait, between who? The little girl and Kong. Like you do feel that. Oh, yeah, a little, yeah. 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 Oh, no, no I, I think that's probably the, relationship that works the most no it's the work that you you do feel it like it's not again it's not like the biggest epic thing of course but like it doesn't have to be it's strong enough where you just feel that connection between those two characters and she genuinely like you know feels for kong like his heartbeat's slowing down like you know we got to save him and then it's like basically yeah that that scar guard flies the plane onto kong's heart he sets it to like blow up and he runs away from it essentially also real quick going back to that character i i did get a chuckle out of the whole like sign language coward. Oh, right. Because like earlier, that, I li- I like stuff. That's like a that. fun. That's a fun moment. Because earlier in the movie, like he's kind of like you know distracted by everything, and and Rebecca Hall tells her her adopted daughter that like he calls him a coward for basically like running off and like doing other stuff, and then he's trying to tell her that like I'm gonna be brave. We gotta be brave, and Kong's brave, and everything like that. But he's just like I'm. I will be brave, and he signs coward. And by accident by accident yeah, yeah. and, and like he just like, doesn't realize that's oh no because he he thinks he he means he's being brave but he's using sign language for coward i right i thought it was cute i laughed no I it's, it's it. a nice it's a i guess subtitle joke is always good and and i like that um but yeah and then and then dude it's like then she's like you know well you know and this is another little character moment where she's like, well Kong, like godzilla's not the enemy and Kong gives her reactions like uh F that. <laughs> like, so like, yeah, but it eventually does realize like there's there's more at stake here. And that and that and you know it's funny because Wingard has talked about that he he takes a lot of inspiration from like you know John McClane Die Hard for this Kong and like little things like the having to relocate his shoulder are those little moments that I like. That's that was a really cool moment though because Kong's like shoulder is out, but the, she's like. Because the girl signs like, you know, Gia signs like, yeah, Godzilla's not the enemy. And Kong reacts with like, that's our enemy. And he sees the giant Mecha Godzilla. And he kind of like realizes like, yeah, you know, that's really like kind of not good or whatever. But Kong has this, yeah, he just basically shoulders a building to pop his shoulder back into place. Does the whole like rotate the shoulder, like, you know, kind of make sure it's good. And then just charges right into battle. And then I, I think... Honestly, maybe this was the part that got me the noise complaint because I was I was flipping out like when then they team up. Oh it. yeah, yeah. There's great moments throughout this whole team up. Like he just like you know basically Kong immediately saves Godzilla from certain like death. <laughs> um, and then they're teaming up. There's like again even like little moments like there's a great callback to the sword being powered up where at, like towards the end of that fight like Godzilla just naturally like you know, Kong's getting about to get drilled or whatever. And then Godzilla shoots his, his the, the atomic breath at the ax to power it up. So Kong can immediately like dispatch a, well, you of, know, and, uh, Mecha Godzilla. 
this is one of the things that's frustrating because I think this is one of those things that people kind of ignore with storytelling because I think the problem with a lot of these movies is like there's a mental gymnastics people just don't want to overcome so when they look at like Kong or Godzilla they just see it as like it's just a CGI effect mm-hmm. like they're they just don't connect a story with it and I don't mean to sound rude about that this is just my perceived experience when talking with people but like there are these little moments so like when Kong comes in for the rescue it's not only visually awesome and like just satisfying to see but they do cut away to Godzilla like clocking that like they cut away to like a reaction shot of Godzilla's like oh like this guy is helping me and there's literally a shot of both of them they have each arm and they shove <laughs> they shove Mecha Godzilla through a building um but then, yeah, and then at the end, Godzilla consciously, like Godzilla had, or Kong has the axe, and then Godzilla shoots the beam at the axe to power it up. So, and again, then- just like nice little plan and payoff from, <laughs> or from earlier, where it's like it eventually got, you know, Godzilla did that, you know, not purposely, but then Kong blocked it and figured out that it works. Godzilla reads that, knows that, you know, and avoids it for the rest of that previous fight, but now purposely does it, and then powers up that axe, and Kong just starts chopping up. <laughs> Mecha Godzilla piece by piece. And that was the off. one time where they, they cut to Team Godzilla and they're going like, yeah. And then dude, the movie just does such a good job at this point of just getting you as an audience pumped up as if it's a wrestling match. Yes. Like it really does. It really uh, does feel good. It feels really good. <laughs> and then like, cause he's chopping away at this thing. And like, I just love it in a movie where you just get so jazzed and satisfied that they're just beating the living snot out of the bad guy. Yeah. Like, I love it. And and then, like, they even give Kong... And that's where I, I like the balance, like, because Kong did lose the fight, but then they give him the ultimate winning blow. They mm-hmm. give him the triumphant holding up. Like, the fact that he's holding up, like, a metal... I just never thought this movie would have ended. The MonsterVerse may end with Kong holding up the head of Mechagodzilla while his oil blood just rains down on his body it's legitimately a mortal combat fatality like not even like it's like like that is a mortal combat fatality like where it's just you hold up the skull his blood's like coming down it's like legitimately just you know a very satisfying uh image to mm-hmm. witness it's just like uh, you just think about like even if you 10 years ago you're gonna see like hey there's gonna be a movie that ends with kong holding up Mechagodzilla's, like, you know, ripped off head and spine. Like, if you, if you told, if I told you that in, like, 2011, your mind would have just, like, what the hell are you talking about? At least I would not have thought it would be as good as it is. Yes. Um, and then, so, yeah, so then it ends, and then it's got the obligatory, I... all the characters are, like, meeting up with each other, which I liked. I, I thought it was, like, nice that madison meets up with her dad and he get and he's like shut up josh to like julia just like even in that one moment like kyle chandler continues to be the perfect if you need a dad <laughs> yeah it's just a dad moment like it's just the fact that he's like reunited with his daughter and her her daughter's like good friend is just like trying to talk to him and like talk tell him about everything that's going on and he's like just shut up. I also love how uh like Bernie's like oh like I'd love to get you on the podcast. <laughs> right, as podcast as we've established like he does not like and does not care for <laughs> one bit. And then and then it ends with the the final moment between the two in which I really I mean I was I don't know like obviously like we could do it but 
my head, I wanted them to do the predator handshake, like the big, like big handshake thing. But yeah. I, but I think like just the, them acknowledging each other and then just going off their separate ways was well, like, it was like, know, and, and you know, and I thought it was a mutual respect, too. a mutual yeah, respect for each it, other. It's like talks about like, because this really isn't what I liked about it. Cause it's like, that, like Kong is, you know, fighting because, you know, he's Kong and he's strong headed and he's an alpha, but you know, I just like that. Like, that's like the distinction of character is that Kong will actually make a decision to like not fight anymore mm-hmm. because it's just like, cause, and also that's not his story. His whole story was that he had to find a home. It's not to be the king of the monsters like that Godzilla is. So I like how they, I, re- I, I really liked how they wrapped that up. To me, that is the heart and soul of the yeah. movie. Yeah, and it's really kind of, a, you know, again, it leads up to everything we've known about the MonsterVerse up to this mm-hmm. point, too. And I did like how they wrapped up Godzilla by kind of like a fun little callback to 2014 where he just quietly goes back off in the ocean. Yeah, basically that's where we live off is we quietly see Godzilla go back off in the ocean to continue being like, you know, protector of the Earth. If any other, you know, things pop up he'll be there but right now he's just he will be silent and they return kong to uh the hollow earth and basically that is his new home and he reigns supreme uh in the hollow earth and that's that's it godzilla versus kong i i was happy with it i really I'm, was no i it was definitely like i was 100 percent pretty satisfied with you know, the reason that you're there is Kong versus Godzilla. And that was more than exceeded expectations in many ways. And, you know, I think, like I said, four for four on the monster version, just in terms of it's being enjoyable. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's definitely a movie I would like watch again. Like there's nothing stopping me from like, I want to see those, those fights again. And I want to see, you know, that, that visual effects and the animations again, like it's definitely a movie I'm eager to kind of, you know, be able to see it well, again one more time. Yeah, and I, and I think, like, and I even got this sense, and then I'll acknowledge, like, when I was watching it again, it was, again, I don't dislike anything really about it, but I did find myself being, like, not waiting for, like, the fights, but I did find myself, like, maybe not as, to be fair to the kind of what you're saying, not as engrossed as I have been in the last movies yeah like the other ones like yeah okay i'll go off i'll go make my popcorn while this scene's playing and like oh that scene's fun and that scene's fun so like it is kind of like that but i think for me it's like and maybe it's because i have been invested in the monsterverse i just felt that the first three films were rich in the tone the theme and the story and i thought this one was a much deserved just celebration of everything that they had done mm-hmm. to this point because like really like by the time you get to the end of king of the monsters you've kind of completed that story of like okay like this is what it's all been about that monster should reign supreme and now what is living in that world like and in a way without being like really thematic or story heavy about it that is this is kind of a fun representation of that yeah um so do you think you could rank all four of those movies? Not right now. Yeah, it's hard. I, think... they, I, I am satisfied with the, they, I, I just like them all for different reasons. Yeah, that's the thing about the MonsterVerse is like, it's also the reason that like, I, I like the concept of ranking and, you know, I, I do like the rank things and kind of like have lists. But then it's also the point where it's like, 
I always hate rankings because then I have to say one is like the least favorite when I really do enjoy all these movies. I guess what I would say is personally speaking, I would put them in two tiers for myself. I think, mm. I think that my favorite kind of still fluctuates between 2014 and Skull Island still. Mm. And then, so I think those are definitely like a one and two. And then King of the Monsters, Kong versus Godzilla, I think just like sits right below that in terms of like movies that I really still enjoy, but I, I still have like some minor quibbles with that just don't put them all on the mm-hmm. first two. Yeah, I think my I, I think my instant takeaway that if you if like put a gun to my head, I think that like I, I probably still walk away with like King of the Monsters being my favorite yeah. of them. Um for all the reasons that, you know, I've we've laid out before. Yeah. yeah. Um but I, I that that one is just for a very specific I, I just think like what it's going for just emotionally resonates with me. Whereas like this one is more in that um like godzilla versus megalon like type way where it's just mm-hmm. like and then like and then frankly like you know to uh, like a step above because it's like you know they're just kind of also paying off and like the yeah the effects are just so great and like things like that but um yeah maybe i would do but it, it's such an it, like this franchise is so interesting because it's only four films and they're all doing a really specific thing. And I, and I don't want to like diminish it just by kind of giving it a, like a ranking from one to four, yeah, from one to four, because not even like, cause whatever four would be is still to me in a weird way, equally as great as the others. Yeah, no, that's, that's really like so much. Yeah. That's really the thing. It's like, it's always hard to rank things when there's not necessarily like a bad thing. Cause even the MCU at this point, like we like so many of the films, but there's like, like I can, I'm comfortable ranking Iron Man three and like Iron Man (laughs) two at like the bottom where it's like this, it's like, it's just hard. And like, you know, when we're going through Star Trek, like I'm comfortable saying that like Star Trek five is like, you know, and Star Trek insurrection, which we'll get to are not great. Like, but this one, it's like hard when everyone you kind of like, because again, there's just like a pressure. It's like, well, I don't want to say this in my fourth because it implies, quote unquote, that I don't like it when I don't. I like them all. I like them all a lot. I would I definitely buy. Also ask me in a year, you know, too. That's a better thing, too. Yeah. yeah Once you've but, kind of had a little more time to sit on everything, for sure. And, it, but, and it's hard because I do think that there, like, to me, there is that fair evolution of a movie where it's like you know, we did a lot of like the more meaningful stuff. And, you know, I think that there is room for you to just ha- kind of have fun toward the end. Oh, for sure. So, I, yeah. And it's just, this movie is more than anything, incredibly it's a fun. Mount, it's a Mount Rushmore of films. This, yeah. Or a Mount Rushmore of monster films as far as. Right. And, and then really it's like each one has their strength and it really, I think that's kind of the beauty of a film franchise that has so many you know, movies that can be enjoyable is if you do enjoy whatever ones you enjoy the most is kind of to your personal taste, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think like, you know, what, what, how the movies speak to you. And I think that's, there's a part of this where it's like, there's like this movie, like I said, like we, we doesn't necessarily have like the deepest of the four of just like the thematics and everything. Like it has thematics, not the deepest, but on the, on the, it does have arguably the most fun monster action, which has always been. And that's, you know, if you go, if if, again, for you longtime Bonzilla listeners, you know that that's something that stands important to me, especially within like those Shoah era rankings, but throughout the history, it's like monster action needs to be entertaining um, for me to really enjoy a Kaiju film. And that's what this movie's big strength is. I think that it has some of the most dynamic fun unique crazy just 
awesome monster action of all four movies. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. It, it is almost arguably the most perfect of the films in terms of being a classic Godzilla kaiju film. Yeah. Where, I mean, it, it is the most just kind of straight to the point perfunctory plot to deliver on great monster action. Um, because even like this movie delivers better monster action than a lot of Toho films do. So, or some Toho films, I should say. But the one thing I did kind of, now that we're at the end, that I did want to kind of bring up, that I kind of brought up a little bit earlier, is that despite kind of like, you know, me being sensitive to like, you know, some of like the, the quibbles that people have had, um, I you know, I don't think we should underestimate because I think like ultimately the response to this film has been generally positive. Yeah, and, and the... Like, I've seen definitely, I mean, obviously part of that, part of this part too, is the fact that it is available at home after this whole, you know, year and everything like that. But like, I have definitely seen way more chatter about this movie just on my general timeline mm -hmm. from people who don't talk about like these, that people who did not talk about King of the Monsters, who did not talk about Skull Island, who did not talk about 2014. Like, you know, I have been, seeing so much more reaction to this movie than like any of the other MonsterVerse movies mm -hmm. for, yeah, for and sure. It, and especially just in comparison to King of the Monsters, it's just, it's just night and day almost yeah. the reaction. And pretty um, much like in terms of my Twitter following too, it's just like a majority of the people who like, I know like there have been quibbles about the human characters and everything, blah, 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 blah. But like legitimately most of the things I've been seeing are just talking about how great the Kong versus Godzilla moments were. And that's what people are really, you know, the general audience that like, again, maybe the non-film people that I follow that are digging in this movie, this is exactly what they were looking for. And I think you know, that's the thing. I think out of everything, you know, that's why I said at the most, I think people will bring up the human stuff just because they feel like they have to. Yeah. But for the most part, like, I feel like this is more satisfying than what a lot of people have experience with it. like at the end of the day like that's what they do want to see yeah i know that we can have this whole conversation it's like well you just can't have it be monster fights but like when you really think about the last couple movies they've been a little bit more conservative on the monster fights and this movie isn't and i feel like that it's is goes, what it does go it goes all out on it and i also think that again part of it too it just injects a little bit of that energy that was in Kong Skull Island into kind of the Godzilla world. And I think that actually helps because I think it's also that speed because you see that speed in that fight. You see, you know, that Kong Godzilla fight, there's just so much energy and emotion and movement. And then once you get that kind of sleek Mecha Godzilla in there, like I think that also just functions. And I think this is the type of action and the type of tone that people want to see. Now I will repeat this again. I am very happy if this is it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm also in agreement uh, in terms of this version of the monster verse and this kind of continuity. Like, I generally, it's like we got four good movies that all have different strengths, and it ended on such a bang of action and just fun and like incredibly bonkersness that I would be very satisfied if this were were it. And then sometime down the road, we get different takes on Kong and Godzilla once again because you know at some point it's going to happen again but like but that's the thing i would not be surprised if now there's a little bit more like well wait a minute is there still tank gas in this tank because the reaction has been favorable and yeah. the box office has not been bad so might i suggest this the perfect sequel <laughs>
the perfect follow-up. I'm interested and to hear can, this. And we it could be a lot more of an intimate story. Where do we leave off? Apex Robotics is probably going under now. You can't make a Mecha Godzilla and not have that shit go well. Okay. Then, you know, they're emptying out Apex Robotics, getting rid of all this stuff. But there's this one, there's this one scientist, he's like, oh, well, then my, my pet project is not going to be able to come to fruition. Well, I'll just take it home. And then he takes the box away and he's putting it in his car. And then on it, you see Project Jet Jaguar. <laughs> it's the perfect setup. <laughs> I actually, because I had something similar in mind, actually, because my thing was just like, you know, some other scientist, like not with Apex. Like yeah, kind of gets inspired and be like, you know, maybe I should go back to that like other project that I had, you know, maybe obviously like they, something went wrong with that Mecha Godzilla, but you know, I can, I'm doing something on a much smaller scale than Chet Shagwire. Yeah. Uh, even though for some reason, when you said apex systems, before you said they're going under my first thought was like, Oh, they're just going to try again. But they're like, we did it wrong. Now we got to go with Mecha Kong. Like they're like, they'll finally get the new Mecha Kong in there. Now, I mean, the thing is, I think, I, I again, I'm two of two minds. I think the buzz with the movie could definitely showcase, okay, maybe we can do something more. But then I feel like, you know, Legendary also has to realize, like, what has gotten them the buzz. It's the fact that it was Kong versus Godzilla. So mm-hmm. do you try to have them match up again in, in some other way? Do you do another thing with Kong in the Hollow Earth? And maybe he like has to come back up to earth for some reason. Like, you know, what direction do you go? It would be, I I'm, I'm with you. And that's why I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, because also, like I said, it's not Japan monster movie making. So our, it's just our entertainment culture. I just don't think lends itself to just keeping on doing this. Like as if it's a superhero franchise, I'd be happy if there's another one, definitely. But uh, at the same time, I, I just, I think that, you know, I, I'm, all I can say is I'm happy with, with this, with this one. But yeah. I, I just would say, like, I think because of King of the Monsters, because I think that was a real surprise to even the people who worked on it, that it did not connect at all. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I thought like, oh, I don't think that they can go on with the monster verse. But I think there must be some conversation now. Like, it's like, well, maybe there is something else we can do. I also, again, just what I kind of going back to what I just said, I think if there is something to discuss, I kind of weirdly think it is more likely that we'll get another Kong project before we get another Godzilla project. I think that's one, because I think that they, if you're going to like figure out like, okay, what way we can take this, I think you can kind of find something to do with the uniqueness of the hollow earth concept and maybe you know, again, not having to go to Toho to get like another like Gigan type creature or, you know, even Jack Jaguar or something that you don't have to go pull that you can just kind of create your own unique stuff. And the other thing about it is like, again, if you're going to go back to Godzilla within the MonsterVerse, they're going to have to come up with something unique for that because um, the only thing I can really, because th- again, you can't really, I feel like you can't really do the exact same. Okay, a new monster pops yeah, up. I, yeah, go. you're right. Though the only thing, I think the one thing that you could do interesting with Godzilla is if you basically made Godzilla versus Destroya on, mm-hmm. on an American scale, where if it maybe was like 
the true end, like the death of Godzilla type of thing. Or if you if you did something where death of Godzilla and then you introduce the monster versus Godzilla Jr. Yeah, I agree. Not, that that could actually be interesting. I could see that happening. Though at this point, I think maybe they will. One of the benefits of kind of like the roller coaster reception to all the films is like it does lead to a couple years until another one, and they can do a follow up one, and then you can really do whatever Godzilla story you want because it's been enough time. That yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I guess like the thing is like we'll just see, and 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 again. Um, we got to see like where really this movie falls and like what Legendary's doing and like what the general state of the movie business is within like a year, which I think was, is going to be very interesting. You know, now we're on like a vaccination route and things are opening and, you know, the fact that like seeing movies in theaters is really in, you know, for a lot of people seeing movies in theaters in sort is sort of like, you know, at, there's light at the end of the tunnel for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's just going to be, uh, there's still a lot of questions about the general state of the cinema and movies and the movies like this. And, you know, cause there's, I mean, and, and that's not even to discuss all the controversy about getting Godzilla versus Kong on HBO max in the first place and all the stuff that happened with that. And like, whether that's what the relationship between legendary and Warner brothers is all that sort of fun stuff, but money talks. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, I gotta I gotta start wrapping up. Um, but do we have anything else that we need so, to say? So, uh, movie's good. Yeah. So basically, thank you guys. I know that a lot of you we we've been on this long journey together. You know, from so we the, we that's why kind of like we don't mind giving you a long episode. We've we've been waiting for this for a long time. Um, we are still scheduled to do our normal two episodes this month, which will be Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock and the 1976 version of King Kong by producer Dino De Laurentiis. Um, I don't just say, kind of say, tell you guys, it is going to be a busy month for the two of us. We will still try to get those episodes out to you kind of in the most timely manner possible. It's just that there's some other stuff happening behind the scenes that, you know, doesn't afford us all the time in the world, but we are going to try to get those episodes out to you because we know that you guys have been really enjoying uh, continuing to enjoy our new series of, of uh, Star Trek and King Kong and we're enjoying it too and I'm very much looking forward to both Search for Spock and with the 76 Kong who's both movies both very interesting to discuss absolutely all right just and, uh, and, and, and stay tuned for my Twitter account for uh, my Twitter uh, threads and rants and uh, analysis on this film yeah we we both have personal tweeter accounts that we ever may occasionally use so feel free to uh and i'm sure that both of us if we have any further thoughts will retweet it onto the main bonzilla account which you can still follow bonzillapod at gmail.com is our email address but you can follow us on twitter twitter.com slash bonzilla double seven facebook.com slash bonzilla double seven like and subscribe itunes and soundcloud again thanks so much for continuing to follow us everybody we're having a blast awesome well Until next time. All right, everybody. Uh, Enjoy your life.